This week on the Jock and Nerd podcast, we're going back to phase two of the MCU with our review of Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Geek boner. Plus our instant reactions to the latest Thor Love and Thunder trailer as it drops, as well as trailers for Mission Impossible 7, She-Hulk, The Umbrella Academy, and more all in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Monday, May 23rd, 2022. <laughs> you know who this is, and you know why you're here. You want all the latest comic book and superhero TV and movie news, and by God, you found it. Forget everything else out there. Forget all the Scientology bullshit. This is the real deal. This is the real deal. Worship at the feet of the holy trio of geekdom. The Jock and Nerd Podcast. Play it. Check. Check one. All right. This is Roy Crabs out there. Let's give it up. Hello, listener. Thanks for joining us this week. Welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast, where we give you comic book and superhero TV and movie news, reviews, and whatever we choose. Jock and Nerd. My name is Imran. My name is Anthony. He's the Jock. He's a nerd. We'll peep you next time. No, we won't. We'll peep you right now. Joining us also is a fella who, in his high school yearbook, voted most likely... To give you monkeypox, it's Rock Boy. What's up, Rugs? <laughs> Actually, he's Monkey Cox. Oh, Chunk Monkey Charlie Cox. Yeah. Monkey Cox. <laughs> Charlie Cox is Monkey Cox. So it's not bad enough. Now we got to look out for fucking monkeypox. What is happening? I don't. What understand. does monkeypox do? Does it give you any kind of monkey-like uh, symptoms? Abilities? That would be yeah. cool. They could start climbing trees and swinging on my get, tail. Like, skin lesions, and you're not very. It's not oh, very pleasant. That's not as fun. So, but, it, you get it from a monkey? Uh, I don't know if you get it from a monkey. You, well, you can get it from someone that has it and has open wounds, and then you're exposed to them. Oh. It's in, apparently, it's in lots of countries now, so have yeah. fun traveling this summer, everyone. Well, isn't there monkey pox here now? There is. Oh, it's some here. Welcome. Here. I, for one, welcome our monkey pox overlords. Um, oh, fuck. They no, they, there's no <laughs> cure for monkey pox, right? If you get there's it. It's not a cure, It's uh, but... A lot of people recover from it, but yeah, I don't think there's a cure. I've heard a banana a day keeps it away. A banana? Whoa. <laughs> That's oh. lame. Not funny. I almost believe you, Imran. <laughs> I had you. So if you take horse uh, fucking whatever that horse is. Horse tranquilizer? No. Uh, horse dewormer? Oh, yeah, the dewormer. What is it, ivermectin? No, don't do that. Do anything. Don't even say that word. They're going <laughs> to shut us down. You can't oh, even yeah. say you the word say ivermectin. That? Oh, now shit. we're going to be flagged as misinformation. God damn it. Anyways, uh, <laughs> this week, you guys, I planned a fun MCU show. Let's get started. The Jock and Ned Podcast. Last week, we didn't talk about any MCU news or movies. This week, we got all MCU news and MCU movie review, uh, my, uh, with one exception, which I'll get to in a second. But right now we are actively on Thor Love and Thunder trailer watch. Oh, shit. Uh, apparently, oh, yeah. the new trailer should be releasing during an NBA playoff game right now as it's happening. So it has not been released. We're going to keep an eye and monitor 
And the soon, the minute it drops, you will get our instant yes. live reaction on the show. I can't wait. I'm right excited. Right now, Giggle. the trailer is in contractions. I can see it crowning. Oh, it's coming. It it's will be, It'll pass through the vagina <laughs> it's any second. Shake. Is that the, oh, look at the hair. Oh, yeah. Ew. In the meantime, let's talk about some other trailers. <laughs> What I've never been in a delivery room, so I don't know. That's look at the hair. Ew. Yeah. Oh, look, it's got <laughs> hair. How does it have hair already? <laughs> uh, it's longer than mine. What is happening? Uh, let's talk about another trailer. This is the only non-MCU news I want to discuss. This just dropped earlier today. Mission Impossible 7. Tom Cruise is new. He's shooting part seven and eight back to back. So, I didn't think this was real when I saw it. Right. This is called <laughs> this. Uh, this number seven is called Dead Reckoning. Part one trailer dropped today. You know, uh, Top Gun Maverick is coming out this week. He's been everywhere doing the, the press tour. So Tom Cruise, a uh, very high popularity count, celebrity count at the moment. Good time to release this. I love these Mission Impossible movies. The last few uh, directed by Christopher McQuarrie have been amazing fucking action movies. Rugs, right. you were our big Mission Impossible guide. What did you think of our first look at Dead Reckoning Part 1? I I audibly, I said this out loud to myself as the trailer was going on. I'm like, Tom Cruise, you're fucking insane. He's a, yeah, the he's whole crazy. time. I just kept on repeating that over and over again. And I was like fucking smiling ear to ear. I love fucking Mission Impossible. I especially love the newer ones that have come out in the past few years. But yeah, Tom Cruise, this particular vehicle that he has is um is very good. And because he's always up in the ante every time. He's doing his own stunts. I think he's swimming in with sharks this time. Oh, is that <laughs> like, what he's doing? He's swimming with know. sharks. Like the most insane shit you could think of that uh, he would actually try and do. He's doing it and he's running. He did oh, there's run. a lot. There's a lot of him a lot running. Of running going on, and man, he's booking his ass. He's <laughs> he's like sixty, and yeah. he's running everywhere. He hasn't aged a day in like forty years. Somehow, Anthony, have you seen any of these Mission Impossible movies? So I've seen two of them. Okay, I've seen Mission Impossible. I think it was three. I'm not sure if it was two or three. J.J. Abrams. No, it was it was three. Yeah, I've seen three. And I've seen Fallout in in their entirety in the movie theater. I've seen both in the movie theater. The other ones I haven't really seen. I need to one day just catch up and watch all of them. Rogue Nation is my favorite one. Oh, okay. Rogue Nation. Ironically, both of those times I saw it, I wasn't really there to watch the movie. I was on like dates. (laughs) Oh, I know you were there for it. It was like taking women to like a dark place to make out. Yeah. They were like 12 years apart though, which is kind of odd. That's that's really odd actually that I was still taking a girl four or five years ago to a (laughs) movie theater to make out with her. progressed, yes. Yeah, but uh, (laughs) my old go-to, you know. Anyways, as far as the trailer, I mean, it looks fine. I I feel like Mission Impossible ever since Christopher McQuarrie has taken over. yeah. Is just re you know he's reinvigorated the franchise. I looked at Christopher McQuarrie's filmography and he seems to just love working with Tom, Tom Cruise. Cruise. Yes, exclusively <laughs> Jack Reacher, yep. Mission Impossible, Edge of Tomorrow, Valkyrie. These are all Tom Cruise vehicles, either writing or directing. He, does, he wrote Top Gun Maverick, which is coming out this week. Oh, he wrote Top Gun Maverick. Whoa. Yeah, produced. So Whoa. he loves Tom Cruise. So the the only thing I have to say about this is um, I like Haley Atwell. I like. Uh, the girl, the other, the blonde girl that's in this movie, Vanessa Kirby. Vanessa Kirby, I like that. 
I, I enjoy Tom Cruise again booking it at his age. I enjoy that he probably jumped off that cliff. Oh, that, or whatever I, that, hell that absolutely. Was. That's I was like, where's the big stunt? Show me the big stunt. He drives his motorcycle off a cliff. That is absolutely 100% him fucking doing that. You got it. So, <laughs> all I got to say to him <laughs> is God bless Scientology. Holy shit. It, I guess Zenu keeps you young and healthy. For He's going to live to be like 200 and not change. Uh, I, dude, for my money... Rogue Nation and Fallout are fucking amazing action movies. Oh my god, and they're kind of like part one and part two. Yeah, this Dead Reckoning, keeping with like you said, the cast returning. You have Rebecca Ferguson, uh, Bing Rames, Simon Pegg, new to the cast this time. Haley Atwell, Carrie Elways, Isai Morales, Palm Clementif will be in this. But Whoa. yeah, and you got Vanessa Kirby and uh, the others. I, I I thought this trailer was really good. I, I love this Ethan Hunt character because Ethan Hunt in these movies most often had, does not have a plan and he's just making shit up every time. And sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't go so well. But I love that kind of it's not the Tom Cruise movie where he's like the best at the thing that he does and gets the girl. This one, he kind of fucks up a lot. He's clearly just making shit up on the fly and just doing crazy things. And you never know what Ethan Hunt's going to do. Uh, it looks like he's got to pick, pick a side, obviously, in this grand story. And the running and the the, the chase with a tiny yellow car. Oh, phenomenal. Give me that. Geek in Europe, in European streets, that's always fun. Is Mission <laughs> Impossible the best action movie franchise ever? I, I don't know about the whole franchise as a whole. I think it. I think that in this particular, in its own way, it is. Because, like... You got like James Bond and Mission Impossible. They're kind of like yeah. cut from the same cloth. Yeah, Bourne kind of the yeah, same. Jason right? Bourne, yeah, Jason Bourne. Yeah, but I feel like um, the amount of like like that's a years I would consider similar too. Yeah, amount of a level talent that's going on and like it's a higher bar. Like Fast and Furious is like you know it's a cartoon at this point. Like there's nothing mm-hmm. serious about it. And Mission Impossible, they're doing fucking impossible shit. They're doing like stuff that can't be done, but. They're trying to root it in some kind of reality where, like, Tom Cruise is doing the stunts. Yeah. And um, it's just written a little bit more smart, and it's it's more of its time. Like, James Bond's meant to be more timeless. Yeah. So it's, like, it's a little hipper, but, like, it's not to the level of, like, Fast and Furious, where it's, like, just going for pop culture and, you know, and, you know, and cheap thrills. It's It's kind of trying to be a good movie still. Mm-hmm. So um, it kind of like is in the middle between like James Bond and a Fast and the Furious and something like that. It's like not as out what about there. a Born. Well, Born's not really doing anything anymore, but like Born actually did some really good stuff. But the thing about Born is it, it um, the the stunts were never like these crazy stunts. They were always kind of like they kept it kind of small. Mm. They weren't. It wasn't like this big bombastic, like insane, like. Uh, you know, like Tom Cruise, like was riding a helicopter, <laughs> like uh, you know, he was hanging on the side of a fucking plane as it takes off. Like Bourne's not doing that. Like he even might, James you know, Bond isn't doing that shit. You know, uh, well, I, in the newer James Bonds, he's like taking his motorcycle, riding it upstairs and shit. Oh, okay, and, so I think James Bond is up. It's up there with like the contrived action and shit like that. But they're kind of similar. But I think just James Bond's more timeless and. I think that Mission Impossible is a little bit more, a little hipper, just a little bit. It's definitely a franchise that's like, get, it's gotten better 
which is crazy. You know, there's there's seven, eight movies in, and it's it's gotten better since where it started. I almost prefer- and it's based off of a TV show, right? Yeah, it's yeah. based off of a classic sixty. Was it sixties with the you know, where you light the the fuse and you watch the fuse go down, and the music's always great. It's just as iconic as a James Bond theme to me. I think James Bond is what kicked it off because uh, like, the spy shit, and then all these spy shows came out like The Saint and. And uh, Mission Impossible and all these TV shows kind of like to capitalize off that spy craze that was going on. It's still around, just like James Bond is. It's just that it had roots in TV and not in movies. Like James Bond had like all of these. I think they're up to the, in, during the twenties of movies of James Bond. Oh, there's probably yeah, there's got to yeah. be more. more yeah. yeah, but look at the directors you got on this franchise: uh, Brian De Palma, Brad Bird, John Woo, J.J. Abrams, and now Chris McQuarrie. Who's got clearly has a good chemistry with the Tom Cruise. Like they must be close buddies. I'm probably going to watch all this, the Mission Impossibles. At oh some yeah, point. yeah. Catch up on the franchise. It's dope and it gets better. Because again, I've only seen them twice. Two yeah. movies. You weren't really paying attention. Shoving my tongue down some girl's throat during the movie. <laughs> the only thing that I'll say about, uh, and this is the thing that I don't like about, um, that I like about Born, and that I don't really like about Double um, O Seven and Mission Impossible, Ethan Hunt. Is that um, born? You kind of get to know the character, and you know he's in. You know he does fall in love with somebody, and he kind of has a relationship and this and that. And you kind of see him as a person. But James Bond is always this like thing that it's like a, it's, it's like a mask you can't get behind. You really he's shrouded in mystery. And even though when they tried in the newer movies to get to know James Bond, you really don't care because you just want to see him do crazy shit. And it's the same thing with Ethan Hunt. You really never get too deep into Ethan Hunt. I wish they would maybe a little bit more, but I don't know. There's a little love interest with the Rebecca Ferguson character. Yeah, that one's been consistent. That helps. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, I'm excited. This isn't coming out until next year, summer 2023. So this year will be summer of Top Gun Maverick, Tom Cruise. Next year will be summer of Mission Impossible, Tom Cruise. Uh, Listener, let us know what you think. Join the conversation. We have a Facebook group just for you, just for our listeners. It's called Jock and Nerd Nation. It is a closed, exclusive, private little club. You can come hang out and geek out. Uh, People are being mean on Twitter and posting uh, black squares with a play button and a timestamp on the bottom. And they're like, it's here. Here's the trailer. And you click it, and it's just an image of a play button. It's not Rick Uh, Astley? No, it's not. It's it's not even Rick Roll. It's not even Rick Roll. So while we wait for that, let's talk about the other trailer that we've had a week to sit and discuss and shake our heads over, maybe. I'm talking about the first trailer for the She-Hulk Disney Plus show, the show officially titled She-Hulk Attorney at Law. And uh, this one will be nine episodes starting August 17th. We also got a release date. Now, probably it's going to be similar to the WandaVision, like half an hour to 40-minute episodes uh, if it's going nine uh, I imagine. So, Anthony, let's start with you. You've seen the the internet love and hate for this trailer for several reasons going around. What did you think overall? Are you excited, Geek Boner, for the show, Floppy John, or not? I I liked the tone of it. I think it'll be fun, but there's no way you can talk about this trailer and not bring up how crappy the CGI is. Yeah, unfortunately, everyone on the internet's talking about it. I'm sure Marvel at this point has heard the, the buzz and is going to do something about it, but it is legitimately awful. And I don't know why they released the trailer when it looked like that. Um, I did read that 
someone, I don't know if this is true or not, someone on Twitter that said they were working on the VFX was like, well, we originally had She-Hulk to be thicker. I saw that because I was but, wondering. But Marvel was like, no, you need to make her thinner. And we were still like, because of that last minute switch, that's oh, why they're, the, still the trailer was st- they're still working on it. Yeah. But I don't know if that's true or not. We'll see. She's not that thick in the comics, though. So yeah, yeah. Why would they make that call to make her thick? I think it's just easier to animate because if it, if you like do the uncan- uncanny valley stuff, and if she's like hulking and big, yeah, you can kind of get away with like the movements not looking as human because well, she just is, isn't human anymore. Oh but, yeah, that's true. Yeah, but with her being thin, she looks just like a tall human being. Do you think they meant more muscular when you say thicker, or I just- think they were like thinking like. Hulk size, like bigger. Ah, yeah, and it, essentially she's just like a taller green person, like that's just you know proportionally enlarged. She has a little bit of tone. I thought she would be more muscular, but she's very curvy also at the same time. Uh, I look, I enjoyed the. I hope the writing of the show kind of saves from finishing the uh, the CGI because I thought some of the lines were funny. Right where he's like, it's triggered by fear and anxiety, and she's like, that's like baseline for all women. That was a funny joke. Her carrying her date at the end is a funny joke. Uh, I, I liked her. I did like like her her vibe. Yeah, like she seems fun and like someone I'd be, I'd enjoy watching. Like I think she's a decent casting, but you just can't. There's no way you can get over that CGI. Tatiana Maslany is fantastic. Uh, absolutely awful. She's but the the actress is great. She's a very talented actor. Doesn't matter if it's if the CGI is gonna be that bad. You can't do it. Is that so? Do you think we have a Sonic the Hedgehog situation here? I don't think that there's enough time for them to really do anything yeah, about this it. Nine episodes coming out in a few months. Do you have time no, to fix this? No, it's a lot of this is already it's already printed. It's on film. They're ready. That's it. They can't really do much to it. This may be what we're getting. This is what we're getting. Uh, I I refuse to believe it. See, and the other thing is, like, has been so bad. I know you can't. You can't. Yeah, but you know what what happens is like leave it like this. Like we all know it's bad, but once they like rip the bandaid off, like you just fucking like all right, whatever. This is what it is. Like I thought the same thing about Moon Knight was like, oh, I can tell it's CG. Like I can tell that. It, this is not a real dude, it, you know. It's like uh, there's nobody in the suit. Yeah, but like I just I resigned myself to it, and it was it's fine, you know, whatever. Well, it's, it's, it's TV. It's, it's a little easier. Like the Moon Knight, I could tell was CG too, but it's a little easier when you don't have a face. Yeah, she's got a face. Some of, and like some of her eye movements don't really like match up to what she's doing, and just the compositing, she looks like she's not in the scene. She looks right. like she's just on top of the scene, just pasted on top for some reason. The one scene where she looks at her computer and like lifts her head up, but then her eyes, after she lifts her head up, slowly move to the Wait, left. She's holding it's her so phone. Off. Yes, yeah. she's holding That's up her phone, phone yeah. and the eye moves at different. To, it just doesn't look right. It looks no, like it doesn't look right. it's delayed. There's, the so, there's a lot off. more going on. Yeah. yeah, some of the faces a little floaty. Uh, you do get the uncanny valley uh, effect. Some of the stuff I love, though, you see Tim Roth for the first time. I enjoy that. Since Incredible Hulk, and you see Abomination. Uh, you see, Tim Roth is just so old now. He's so old. Yeah, he, 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 yeah. he, he, he looks like a fucking. He looks like an alligator. So he like does. he's still <laughs> leathery. He yeah. He looks like evil just because he's so old and leathery. Yeah. You notice he's in the cell with these red bars, which is the same cell in Shang Chi when Wong right. took Abomination back through the portal. You saw that same cell. 
I think she portal. has to. I think she has to defend his him. Lawyer. Yeah, yeah, I think she has to defend him. So yeah, there's a company she works for, and they're taking superhero law, and she's got a new job. She's trying to navigate this, and originally, I believe Jennifer Walters, Bruce Banner's cousin, has an accident, and then he gives her a blood transfusion, giving her the powers. I don't think that's what's going to happen in this show. Wasn't there a car accident in this, too? There is a car accident, but if you notice, there is a shot of her after that accident turning into She-Hulk staring at the car door. Hmm. She's already She-Hulk. Uh, the theory... Well, there was a... There's a, a, a Well, before you get into your theory, yeah. the reason that I saw online that like they can get... They were saying they could get away with maybe not making her as big is yeah. because she got a blood transfusion. Yeah. So she wasn't ex- exposed to the full gamma blast. That so Bruce got. I don't think it's going to be a blood transfusion. Cause I think maybe the theory is remember in Endgame when a Hulk mentioned that it's get ga- the snap was like gamma radiation and mm. uh, possibly if she has the same DNA blood, it yeah, triggers her, her gamma inherent gamma, whatever reaction the same way he has it. So I don't know. We'll see if there's if there's an accident. But it, I mean, it looks like a fun, breezy, like attorney comedy. Uh, and uh, you see Frogman, which is a very you see Frogman. Obscure you see Titania. Too. Titania. Frogman was in the Spider-Man comic book. There's two Frogman. The Frogman is like the son of this other guy, Leapfrog. They both wear frog outfits. It's the most ridiculous thing. Uh, Did you notice they changed the title card? Yeah, it's now, uh, and they added the attorney at law, obviously, right. the subtitle, and it's. But they made it a little more um, I like cartoony. It. I like it better than the other one with like the slice through it. And it was like a yeah, slice. It was like a city with, with yeah. much more serious looking. I kind of like the idea that she's like huge on social media and she becomes a celebrity and everybody wants a picture of She Hulk. Like, that's kind of fun. Uh, also, in this show, joining her will be uh, Benedict Wong as Wong is going to be in this show. Uh, I I don't know how many. Uh, what about Mark Ruffalo? Mark Ruffalo. It says nine episodes he's in. I'm wondering if he's going to be in the whole thing. Remember, Charlie Cox is going to be in. It. Well, and that's the other thing. There's no mention of a Charlie Cox, which would make sense. He's a lawyer. He could show up. Uh, remember, there was the rumors that from the insiders that were that were concerned about this show, saying this show was a mess for a long time. I they feel like we kind of see a little bit what they were talking about uh, in this trailer. But I just hope the writing, if it's written well, it can pull it together. So here's the thing about the insiders. Yeah. I don't trust anything the insiders say because Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, you had us go through oh my God. and read an insider bullshit. thing. And it was, it was all bullshit. 90% of it was bullshit. Yes, it was. Yeah, and I was glad. And there were fake images online. Yes. I was there glad. were fake images of Deadpool in a cell. Yeah, yeah. Of uh, Toby hanging out yeah. somewhere and there was like a fake image of something else too i'm glad those are bullshit because it didn't like spoil anything really a little bit but not really um renee elise goldsberry also in this she's from hamilton she's amazing uh B- bottom line though the show is going to be unwatchable if they can't pay, if they can't fix that cgi yes <laughs> i don't care how good it is if that cgi is that bad i can't i won't it'll be unwatchable I will bag it every episode if it's that bad. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be a problem. I just think that the hair is really bad, too. Really bad. It looks like a helmet. Yes, the hair is all tight. It's not like a flowy. You see some. You see them leaping. Like when she's in the daylight, that shot of her leaping looks down. Better. It's a little. It's, it's better outside, but inside. Uh, yeah, I don't know. She's got. Yeah, this is going to be interesting. 
It's it's just weird that Marvel. Mar- I don't think I've seen a trailer where Marvel's released, and I'm like, oh, that looks really, really unfinished. They wouldn't have released this if they thought it was like they obviously a lot riding on this. I feel like they wouldn't have released it if they didn't approve it or can or say this is good enough to go. Well, that's just stupid because and, yeah, I'm a schmuck and I can't tell anything, but I can tell that that sucks. What do you think the appeal of She-Hulk is? Do you think that there's like an audience out there for She-Hulk? Well, from the comics, she's a like kind of a fun lawyer that breaks the fourth wall, right? Yeah. Sometimes like embraces her sexuality. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah. So you got kind of like a different, like Black Widow is kind of is a sexy well, character, obviously. Marvel's not really doing horny shows though. Like this is going to be their first horny show, right? This is the first time that they're diving into like I mean, a character. They, 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 they did make go out of their way to go into this trailer and show her about to bang some dude i mean we've had one sex scene in all of the mcu right in the Eternals, like that's really it uh and you know a and lot, that's a really shitty sex it scene, is a, a really it, weird one it was it wasn't the greatest sex scene it's very sanitized no. safe sexy a lot of the women if you, well, i'm not saying they need to take off all their clothes and show it to us but that just, that scene was just not set up very well you know i think of like the jessica jones scene where she's banging uh mike coulter's uh uh power man and they're breaking the bed and shit <laughs> like I, they'll never they're, they're never gonna do that like you're never gonna see that but i like that they're alluding to she has a dating life because if you think of largely a lot of the women in the mcu how they write them they're all kind of like they got father issues they're all looking for their kids they it's a lot of the same they all have trauma so well, it's a lot of men too yeah i think every every character in the marvel universe has some sort of trauma family issue yeah well, every person has every trauma. Person has just trauma. how much do you let that dictate who you are that's all yeah yeah the tone is going to be interesting i do like the tone if it's a fun fun comedy i don't know i'm it's down some- for nine episodes i yeah. like the, the na- length like, even if they're 30 minutes yeah. i think that just gives you it creates it a longer conversation it gives us gives you more time to breathe on things um yeah but it, the show, it, there's no point in diving in if they don't fix the fucking CGI. Yeah, well, I agree. <laughs> the whole reason I ever read She-Hulk yeah. was because... He was sexy. This, yeah, because <laughs> when she appeared in the other comics, like Fantastic Four or whatever, she was just like a green lady. Yeah. Like, okay, mm-hmm. who cares? But then John Byrne took it over, and then it made it like very sexual. Like, I mean, like, it's they still had the appeal to the comics code, and they still had to, like, you know, keep it PG-13 and everything, but it was just like, oh, these drawings are freaking out of control. Like, there's like these they're super sexy drawings, and it was funny. So you're like, no, you're getting a laugh and you're getting a boner at the same time. <laughs> and so I don't know if Marvel's gonna do that on Disney. I just don't think that that's gonna happen. And the, of course, they don't want to objectify. They want to empower and this and that. So it's like I'm, I'm very interested to see how it, it how uh, how far from the DNA it goes. Uh, from the comics so it's interesting i mean i like that other line where she's like superheroes is for billionaires and narcissists and adult orphans for some reason like there's some <laughs> funny lines in there so for comedy do, do you think they will adapt the storyline where she defends um eros because eros was he, sexually ri- uh, sexually assaulting assaulted that, that's an actual storyline from <laughs> the comics. control yes you gotta get harry styles in this and uh she's gonna defend him you gotta get i mean you have all the pieces there yeah if Harry Styles even taught you touch on a Maslani, so yeah, and I'm wondering if Charlie Cox will show up in this or the Echo Show, which has begun Maybe production. Both. Yeah, 
And then, and speaking, well, we'll get to him in a second. Before that, let's move on to the next story. Uh, Disney had their upfronts last week, which is like where you show all the all your TV stuff to advertisers so they know what's coming out. So a lot of this stuff came out during the upfronts. Another thing that came out during the upfronts was details about the Secret Invasion TV show uh, that it was announced in 2020, featuring Sam Jackson as Nick Fury and Ben Mendelsohn as Talos. So Fiji has recently detailed uh, in this article, it says Fiji has recently detailed when the secret invasion television series will take place within the MCU timeline. Very little information has been previously revealed. According to him, quote, the show will feature during the blip when half of the universe was decimated by Thanos and will explore the events that happened in that period. So first of all, oh, I got a lot of questions. This is like a prequel uh, happening during the blip. But second of all, uh, which fucking Nick Fury blipped away then? Was was that Maria, him and Maria Hill, were they Skrulls? And the real Nick Fury at that point was in space with the Skrulls? How does this, are they retconning shit? Does this timeline track? Anthony, what does this mean? Is this confusing? No. So, which Nick, who's, where's the real Nick Fury? We'll find out. What, which Nick Fury was blipped, do you think? We'll find out. God damn it. <laughs> I don't know how it's confusing. If, if scrolls can change into anybody, then there's a scroll that took over Nick Fury's place while he got blipped out. But then you're going to do a whole show where the main Nick Fury is not even Nick Fury? It's scrolls. That's the whole point. I guess it is scrolls. Secret uh, Invasion's whole thing was, oh, all those comics you read all over the years? They were, we're all retconning aliens. it now to just make yeah. them scrolls. Everybody was scrolls, but they, you know, and they, they, uh, they don't adapt the storylines. No, they're not, they're not. There's no way they're doing it that way. Rugs, what do you think? Which, who's, where's, will the real Nick Fury please step forward? <laughs> they both exist at the same time, don't they? Uh, Fake Nick and real Nick. I guess. Real Nick's out in space, right? Well, he got, he did get blipped. Um, real Nick? What if that was a scroll? But if that was a scroll, how did he have the pager from fucking Captain Marvel? Yeah, I don't know. Like, it just seems like they have some explaining to do. And I don't know. Marvel usually uh, at least gets somewhere in the ballpark I mean, where they should yeah. be. But like, uh, are things getting messy? Off by a little. Yeah. Are, is their continuity getting messy? Yeah, a little bit. But it's not like DC level where it's just fucking completely incongruent. It's just like a little off. Uh, well, that got me more excited like for this show. Room now. To, there's room for them to like may, write around it, you know. They can figure something out. I'm hoping. I'm giving them too much credit, but like whatever. <laughs> what happens. Well, well, that, this show isn't coming out until probably next year, so we got to wait a little bit. Okay, back to the Charlie Cox. This was exciting news. Geek Variety reporting a new Daredevil series is moving forward at Disney Plus. With uh, producers and writers Matt Corman and Chris o Ord. And the rumor is that this is not a reboot. This will be a continuation of the Netflix series. Holy really? shit. Mm, what do you think about that, Anthony? It's not a reboot? It's not a reboot. It's going to be a continuation, mm. allegedly. Which I think is a better th thing to do, maybe, since you've already introduced Vincent D'Onofrio, Kingpin. Uh -huh. And it's essentially the same kingpin in Hawkeye. Uh, he's a little different See? in that one. He's a little more powered. But, well, I, I like 
I like that those Daredevil shows could potentially be in continuity. So that's that's a good thing because those shows were awesome. Here's the only thing, though, is Disney, can they do... What are they going to... like? What's the tone going to be like? What's the... Because if the way they handled Kingpin is any indication, then I am not... I am not... I don't know if I could... I don't know if it, this jives with the tone they've set for Daredevil. Like, I don't little, think he worked... Yeah. I don't think he worked very well in Hawkeye because of mm-hmm. the way they changed the overall vibe of, of his... Like, how he felt in that show. He was still the same guy, but it felt like... Like, different. I don't know. It didn't feel... It didn't, it didn't completely jive for me so well, well, they, like a parody of it yeah, yeah that's a good point. like a, a little more cartoony exaggerated yeah. I mean, they just threw him in in the last episode too, yeah. which is kind of, kind of annoying well to your point about the tone that is a good question because so far all of the marvel tv shows have been rated tv 14 which is like a pg-13 they this would have to be their first tv ma rated show uh if you want to get that same vibes from the netflix show and I I don't think they're going to go that far because remember we thought Moon Knight was going to be a little bit edgier and it was still TV 14 same rating as the others maybe that was maybe pushing it a little bit on that show uh, well, but not look, really Moon Knight you got violence people got yeah. stabbed yeah. and shit yeah. so uh, it just wasn't it was bloodless a lot of it so um, Daredevil was full of blood and gore but I think you could still get pretty brutal uh Maybe you don't have as many broken noses and, you know, sh- shooting out bloody snot everywhere. But um, I think you could still get pretty visceral with it. I, I don't know. I don't know what Disney wants. I really don't know if if it wants to go in that direction and, like, actually go for a, a TVMA or something like AMC would do. Because you can't do it on TV. Like, that, you know, like on regular cable TV, you could do this shit. No problem. Yeah, this is like, a regular cable TV. It's Disney. But that's TV. what I'm saying. Like Disney's got these standards that no other fucking no other fucking entertainment company with this wide of an umbrella adheres to. Uh, these guys, Corman and Ord, co-created the USA series Covert Affairs. I've never seen it. Uh, but they're also showrunners on other uh, NBC and CW shows. Where'd you see that this is a continuation? Uh, I, there's another story that says oh. uh, reportedly a yeah, continuation. Yeah, I also saw that. That yeah. was out. But yeah, well, and that would make sense. Look, we saw him in Spider-Man No Way Home. He's already got his senses. He's, you know, he's where he's at. He, kept, he caught the rock. But if he's been Daredevil this whole time, like, nobody's noticed. Nobody, Maybe nobody went to Hell's Kitchen. He was only in Hell's Kitchen. Well, you want to know what it seems like? It's like when... There's a movie that comes out, and then they make the cartoon version for Saturday Saturday morning TV. Oh yeah, like Rambo the TV oh, show. Oh my god, that's yeah, that's what the uh, the Kingpin felt like. Well, it, yeah. it also seems like it's like what they do with because if you add this into continuity, technically, that Defender series is continuity because the ramifications of the building oh, falling yeah. on him. Are yeah. how season three opens. He opens up in the in the with the nuns because he right. was being taken care of because a building fell on him. So yeah. if that means that means the defenders shows. That means all those characters are within continuity. But I don't think Marvel wants to have all of that in continuity. So what they're pulling is the classic Toho Godzilla shit, where a new director comes on. They're like, I'll take the first movie. 
And <laughs> this movie, and those are in continuity, and the rest, fuck it. Fuck the rest. Because I don't, I, I, I don't, I definitely don't see Marvel wanting to have everything like that in continuity. But you kind of do if you, if you make it this continuous. What if they kind of retcon everything? And it's a comic book thing to do, retconning. So they'll keep some of it, and then they'll change some of it, and to fit their narrative. Yeah, they'd have to do something, right? They'd have to, they'd have to come up with something to retcon it. Yeah, like I think that they would probably do a uh, like a doohickey, like a like a flashback kind of retelling of the story and like editing things out. I wouldn't mind seeing that dude who played Bullseye come back. He was pretty dope. That was a that was a fun season. Yeah, it was that was a good season. You know, and then you got the question of Bernthal's Punisher. Where does he fit in? Is he still a part of this? Uh, so if it's a continuation, that's going to be interesting to see how it's handled. I'll tell you one show that's not going to be rated TV 13 or TV MA. It's going to be Disney Plus's first Marvel show to be rated just TV PG. And that's Miss Marvel coming out June 8th. I can't wait for this one. Geek boner. They put out a new like short one minute, uh, another TV spot showing a little bit more action, a little bit more. Use of her powers and her bracelet and the fact that it was like her grandmother's maybe your mom's trying to hide it. You see her using her powers a little bit more. Uh, it's still, I'm still in. I'm still in until I see this. Are you guys still excited for the Miss Marvel? Oh, yeah. Super excited. <laughs> I don't think he is. I don't think he. Oh, they're showing a, They're showing the Thor trailer, by the way. So we'll, what? I'm watching oh, it right now. Shit. Oh, shit. We'll, uh, okay. we'll let it Breaking simmer. News. No, 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 no. They're showing okay. it right now, but we'll let it simmer. Oh, they're showing gore. Um, it's on. It is online right now. Don't spoil. No, oh, you spoil it. I'm literally it is, watching it on the, okay, no, the commercial. It's, on, it's online. Shall we watch it now? Find the link, react, right, and we'll, we'll get yeah, back. Wait, well, one thing. Let me just comment yeah, real yeah, quick yeah, yeah, on yeah. the what's what is it called? What are we talking about now? Ms. Marvel. Ms. Marvel. PG. Yes. yes. I mean, I'm not. I'm not entirely surprised. This is kids. It looks like it's a kids show. They're aiming it it's at a kids. Kid show. Am I excited? I'm more excited than Rugboy. <laughs> That's good. I'll, I'll leave it like that. I'm over the moon. <laughs> Look, well, I'm excited to I'm see. I'm in the stars, and if he's over the moon. Look, Shang Chi brought the uh, you know the the Asian representation. I'm excited to see Pakistani immigrant Muslim American representation, uh, and how accurate they do it. And does it make me think of like growing up in a Muslim household? Uh, for the first time to see it when the comic came out, I was like, "Holy shit! I can't believe there's a comic book about this." And now there's a TV show about this. That's huge. Uh, I'm still a little nervous about Iman Vellani's uh, performance being this is her debut. But we got a lot of debuts in the MCU. Okay, it is out. We're going to all watch the Thor Love and Tr- Thunder new trailer Love right now. Trunder. Trunder trailer. Truck driver trailer. Let's get ready for some jokes, people. Get your jokes ready, and we will come back and give you our instant reactions. Listener, if you want to watch, there's a link in the show notes. There's going to be a lot of jokes. Click the trailer. You've probably seen it. We're going to watch it now and react. Jogging nerd. Okay. Wow. Uh, that was fun trailer wow, uh, just giving away your reaction right away uh, well, yeah, I'm gonna give away my, wow 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 <laughs> no i look I, well, let's get into it i like i like how it's narrated by korg why don't you go uh, first the thing is great i'm gonna go first because i started <laughs> because i control this motherfucking ship you fuckers uh okay let's get to the big thing anthony what did you think uh, no you start you like oh you liked it right I, I like i know i like the uh just the construct of the trailer of korg narrating a story to kids uh and then the reveal of jane foster and then uh 
the big thing, the new thing, yes, we get to see Gore, Christian Bale as Gore, the God Butcher. And, well, what did you think of his look? Uh, he kind of, like, I'm getting, like, Xerxes vibes from 300. Oh, okay. The way he looks. I, I'll just start off and say I think the trailer looked really good. I thought it was really well, really well crafted. I actually was excited by the end of the movie, or the end of the trailer. I think it, it looks really good. I thought, I, Get I've, uh, I don't really have many, many complaints. I mean, I know it's going to be jokey. You have Korg narrating to kids, like you mentioned, but seems like a, a lot of cool stuff, and... You have now Jane Foster being thrown in there. I like the line where he's, she's like, what, it's been like three, four years? And he's like, eight years, six months, seven days, three <laughs> he's hours. Been keep, keep a track. Yeah, it's, it, it looked good. I thought it looked she, really good. She looks great. She looks fucking jacked. Rugs, those are not fake arms, as though you previously <laughs> believed that those are prosthetic I don't arms. know. I don't know. <laughs> no? I think that's her. I really her. don't know. I think that's yeah. old Natalie Portman. Rugs, what'd you think? What'd you think of Gore? Uh, eh, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like Christian Bale, so that should be fun. Uh, I did uh, enjoy bits and pieces of it, so I think it's going to be good. I like the music a lot. Well, yeah, they do uh, a like Sweet Child of Mine orchestral you know? version of Sweet Child of Mine. It's like a synth version of it. Yeah, that's kind of cool. It's got all like the '80s vibes, especially that shot at the end and the purple sky, and he's jumping. It's a very like '80s throwback. Yeah, I mean, everybody looks great. So that's good. I think the gore looks all right. Not like I'm not like overwhelmed by gore, but um, he's uh, doing a little Marilyn Manson vibe look there a little bit. bit. A little bit. So they didn't do the thing where he doesn't have a nose like the design in the comics. He looks like that dude from Harry Potter, Voldemort, right? Where he has no right. They probably were trying to avoid that because then that you're going to that's going to come up. So you see full Christian Bale just in like white makeup, all pale. With some stripes, and he's stabbing a planet, and he's planning to kill all gods. Meanwhile, Thor and of uh, Natalie Portman are flirting. So, fun. yeah, I just wonder if they're going to have any chemistry <laughs> this time. Well, what's What's interesting too is there uh, whenever they have Gore on screen, the entire back, like everything's different. It's all it's, gray. It's all it's this black gray, and white. white. Yeah, yeah, black white. So, wondering if they're going to just do that theme throughout where every, whenever he's on screen, everything turns that shade of gray, black and white. They cut to Thor and he's like, let's go. And he's black and white too. Right. And that's really weird. He just, does he suck all the color? Because the rest of the trailer is super colorful, which I actually enjoy uh, all the colors and his crazy suits and the, the tag bit where he blows off Thor's clothes and he's just standing there buck naked and people are fainting. It's funny. You flick too hard. You flick too hard. God damn it. They just, the girls just fall. That's funny. You got to see Russell Crowe a little bit more as uh, Zeus, I guess that is. Yep, that's Zeus. That's Zeus. Yeah, I thought it looked really good. I, I'm If I had to rate it, I'd say it's it's a nine trailer for me. Nice. It's it's interesting. It came out so soon after the teaser, but I mean, this movie's coming out in July, July eighth. So. Well, they did a similar thing with um, Doctor Strange, where they mm-hmm. did the teaser at the end of Spider Man No Way Home, and then like a month or two later, they released another trailer. Their marketing plans are getting shorter and shorter. Like they're not doing the six months ahead, three months ahead. No, fucking two months ahead, two and a half, maybe one month. Just drop drop something. Keep us waiting. Uh yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how they combine these two storylines with the Jane Foster. Did you like it? I did. It, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I fucking you love it. It looks fantastic. I grew to love you know YTT's take in Thor Ragnarok. At first, I'm like, this is really jokey. But you, you watch that more, like whenever it's on, I'm like, you just really. It's a fun movie. 
Yeah, that movie's it. grown on me. I, di- I didn't initially like that tone either, and I still don't like aspects of it and how they did some characters pretty dirty, but I will admit that the character Thor needed, yes. needed something. And they, they found it. They, they finally something. found it. Yeah. yeah. So I give him, I give him props for that. And now I'm in. Like if you get a, if he does a trilogy, I could see him doing another movie. So there's like a little Taika trilogy of Thor, but the 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 tone definitely matches. There's some cool flipping and fighting from Jane Foster. She looks good. She looks good. This is yeah, going to be interesting. I mean, overall, it looks like it's it's a quality Marvel film. You know, you know what you're going to get. You know what Taika, what Tati's going to bring to it. Um. He's got a flair, so I feel like I know what to expect. I'm not really like blown away where I'm like, oh shit, like you know. But I'm I'm like I'm whelmed. I'm like, all right, this is what I expect, and this is what we're getting. So, um, I just the the thing that stood out to me more than anything was the music. So yeah, the music is fun, and I don't see any like multiversal shenanigans. So I don't think this this may even have anything to do with anything that's been happening with the multiverse and all those things, right? Probably not, but you know. Well, I don't think it needs know, to. There's a possibility that that Thor is a, a variant. I thought these different Thors that we saw were going to be variants, but it, they, the way they stitched this trailer together, it seems to be the same Thor, mm. different costumes. Uh, and you got Valkyrie, and she's the leader of Asgard. But yeah, I'm on board. Bring it. That's the. I'm, I mean, this is the next movie I'm really looking forward to uh, for this year. So. I'm looking for a good time. I'm glad we got to do it on the show. We didn't have to wait. Instant reaction live on the show. Do you think this movie will make more than Doctor Strange? Yes. Let's Opening talk weekend. about that. Because Probably. That was my next topic. Doctor Strange. This is more fun. People are going to be into it. Doctor more. Strange opened to $187 million. So far, it's it's made over $800 million worldwide in like three weeks. The movie's been out four yeah. weeks. That's amazing. They're saying it's going to top out at nine fifty. I don't think it cracks a billion. It gets close. Does Thor 4 open bigger than 187 million, Anthony? I think it does. Oh, shit. But oh, that being shit. said, I think Why? it's Doctor Strange opened at a really high mark. A lot of it because Spider-Man, Spider-Man, a lot of it because of the promise of multiverse madness and cameos. So it's going to be tough. But I think Thor does beat it because, first off, the fact that we're saying Doctor Strange in is made 170, 87 right. million. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. Like that. No one thought that character would be doing that. Yeah. But I think Thor, at, like I mentioned earlier, they found something with Thor and Thor Ragnarok. And I think his character is still really popular. Yeah. I think Thor is, is a more popular character. And I think you throw in that you have a female Thor and that yeah. he's already like a stud with the females, but you're throwing in Natalie Portman, female Thor. I think this appeals to all, all, everybody. It doesn't appeal to just people. Marvel fans looking for cameos. I think uh, I think this does it. I think it gets over a two hundred million dollar opening. Over two hundred million rugs. You think it opens bigger too? Yeah. How much bigger? Well, I think it's going to be around the same mark. I don't know if it's going to. It's definitely going to be a close to close to that. So, like domestic two hundred million. Yeah. Yeah. This is what I was thinking about this a lot, and I be- I agree with you, Anthony. Arguably, this Thor is way more popular than this Doctor Strange. What, in one a way. thing, though, just a one ad. Yeah. Open. This is just opening weekend. One, yeah. Two, three, four, five, six. There's only been six movies, Marvel movies, that have made two hundred million opening weekend. And I'll read them to you: Endgame, No Way Home, Infinity War, Avengers, Black Panther, and Avengers: Age of Ultron. So only 
Out of those, only two were actually non-Avengers films. My prediction is it opens bigger than Doctor Strange, but under two hundred million. I miss my prediction. Avengers: Age of Ultron made one ninety-one. It's Wolverine. So there's only been five. Three of them are Avengers films. I think it makes a little bit more. I don't think it cracks two hundred million opening weekend. I could be wrong though. They're showing this like this is a you know this trailer. It's a big event, right? How many people are watching the fucking NBA playoffs right now? Yeah, this will uh, get a lot of hits. That's going to get a lot of views, and it's going to get people excited. And then it's just you know a little over a month and a half out. I think it opens more, but mm, doesn't crack two hundred. That's what my definitely beats is. Thor Ragnarok, right? Thor Ragnarok one twenty two opening weekend. Oh, absolutely. But so it needs to make like sixty million plus more than Thor Ragnarok. But these movies, have, this momentum that these movies have, you can't even compare the. Like the first Doctor Strange to this Doctor Strange, huge. Doctor disparity. Strange's opening weekend was eighty five, right? And now that does what eighty seven? Like right. what the fuck? And it's all just the momentum. It's the storyline. But I think people are they love Korg and Meek. I can't. I, it's Meek. Was Meek in this trailer? I want Meek to be back. I love fucking Korg. I didn't see any Meek. I didn't see no Meek. And yeah, Natalie Portman Thor looks dope. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's gonna be one ninety five. I'm gonna say one ninety five for Thor for July. So you Eighth. said so. Anthony says under two hundred. No, Anthony you say, said two. You said two hundred. Anthony, I said over two hundred. He said over two hundred. Over two hundred. I'm gonna say under two hundred more than one. I'm gonna say two hundred. Oh, you're gonna be I'm right in the middle. In the middle I want to be in a sandwich oh, right shit. now. All right, we'll see who wins. Uh, back to Doctor Strange uh, in the Multiverse of Madness. I have this story about in uh, a, a resurfaced plot leak that when it originally came out was about 95% accurate and has now resurfaced and it details two interesting changes. One was the fate of the original Mordo. We saw a variant Mordo. Uh, Apparently uh, the original Mordo in the beginning of the movie, we would have seen Wanda hunting Mordo through the forest and then she beheads him uh, right away to establish that she's the bad guy. No, that was good. That, yeah, I I don't I don't think that was necessary. So that was a good cut. Rugs, what do you think about that? Did we want to see the original Mordo? I don't want him dead. Yeah, like he's he's a big part of the movie. You can't just kill him off. His story wasn't probably a better from, idea that they, that they left yeah, him in there. Yeah, the first definitely. one. Because yeah, his story is definitely not. He's got his whole little thing where he's hunting sorcerers. So yeah, his story was not done. They left it hanging. Uh, the other big reveal in this leak is that Bruce Campbell originally, and I believe they filmed both of these things, so we may see these deleted scenes when the movie comes out on uh, on streaming or whatever. Bruce Campbell was going to play Thor's brother, Balder the Brave, and be an Illuminati member. Because uh, you notice there was empty chairs in that Illuminati setting. I think there was like one or two empty chairs. And I was wondering who... Uh, would was supposed to sit in those chairs. So maybe we'll see both of these deleted scenes. But yeah, this movie is over $800 million, which is crazy. Uh, every Marvel movie is just going to get bigger and bigger. Uh, you know what else is big, listener, is a Jock and Nerd podcast t-shirt. They come in big sizes. They come in little sizes, all sorts of sizes. Visit our public shop, jockandnerd.com slash shop. To get a bunch of swag, you get there's we got Rug Boy, we got some sayings, we got the old logo, new logo on a bunch of things, bunch of items, bunch of swag. Buy some stuff. Be a niche hipster supporting the show and sharing the show. Last thing in the news, 
Uh, Stanley's uh, estate has made an interesting deal with Marvel here. Uh, from this is from Hollywood Reporter. In a unique deal, Marvel has signed a 20-year deal with Stanley Universe, which is a venture between Genius Brands International POW Entertainment, to license the name and likeness of Stan Lee for use in future films and television productions, as well as Disney theme parks, various experiences, and merchandising. Uh, you know, I think we all love the Stan Lee cameos. We've been missing them. I don't know if this is a good or bad thing. It's kind of weird. Right? Are we, does this mean we're going to see like digital recreations of Stanley like they did with Carrie Fisher and uh, that other guy, Peter Cushing from Star Wars? Or they can use his name, his likeness, his picture. Kind of like his voice. Big Hero 6 when they have him on the painting over there. The cameo in Spider Man uh, Into the Spider Verse happened right like after Stanley passed away. That movie came out and that was like a great cameo. And there was digital Stanleys all over that movie. As background, um, but I don't know if we should be worried that they're going to misuse this. Anthony, what do you want to see Stanley cameos continue? And if so, in what fashion now that Marvel can use his likeness for 20 years here? Uh, I don't think so. Um, I miss them. They're always, yeah, like I mean, they're, they're fun. The it's just, it's weird that, you know, he's dead and, right. I, and I know. And, but the, it's weird though. Like I say that and then, you know, in Star Wars, I had no problem with Carrie Fisher showing up, and she's yeah. dead. And and I know there's other characters that have shown up in Star Wars and other movies that have been deceased. Um, but I don't know. I just feel like it'd be weird. I, I like I knew I know he's not there. I don't, there was just something fun about like you knew that he was filming in every movie. Yeah, and to con- kind of continue it would be just like a running gimmick that I'd, I would be. I don't know. It's just kind of a little distasteful for me. I mean, I wouldn't mind like Easter eggs where like he's on a poster in the background or you yeah. see his face or it's like on a newspaper or something uh, that would work. As long as it doesn't pull you out of the movie, I think it's fine. If it's just kind of like seamlessly integrated into the background or an image or something, you know, a voice. I don't know. But as long as it doesn't pull you out of the, f- the film. I mean, the deal includes, uh, you know, likeness and uh, in movies and TV projects, the right to use his name. And likeness in theme parks, cruise lines, in park merchandise, uh, also uh, toys and apparel and stationery. So they could slap his face on everything and start selling Stan Lee t shirts, which I guess that's not horrible. Well, I mean, we use Stan Lee all the time. Oh my God, we do. Here, like, if this isn't legal, I forgot that I had all these uh, Stan Lee drops right here. Excelsior! <laughs> Fucking fantastic. <laughs> I got him swearing. Uh, yeah. You know. Uh, the fuck's going on We're here? doing the exact same thing that you're trying to, like, say, oh, this is going to be weird. We just do it all the time. You stand I do not have an exclusive licensing agreement, so. I want your head up when I throw my fist in the air. Always. While your head up. Yeah, it's, it, that's audio that he actually said. These would be, like, yeah. things that they've made out of nothing. To put in right. a movie. I mean, we've seen them do it with uh, Luke Skywalker, where the lines he delivered, Mark Hamill never said those lines. It was all AI digitized off his voice. I don't know how much audio they have of Stan Lee, where they can make him say whatever. I think they should just hire Ruggs to do all the Stan Lee voices. Yeah. <laughs> do it. Get, let, say Spider Man and Stan Lee Ruggs. Everybody Spider-Man. loves Spider Man. <laughs> Perfect. Dead on. Oh, yeah. Shit. Anyways, we'll see how tasteful 
uh, Marvel uh, uses this in the future, but this is a crazy deal. 20-year deal for his likeness. Okay, let's take a quick break here, gentlemen. Play some promos, and we will come back and review uh, arguably, probably the best MCU movie ever made. We'll find out right after this. After these messages, we'll be Hey there, everyone. Brian here, host of TV Trivia Pod. It's a trivia-style podcast focusing on TV and movies. Listen in for questions like, what's the name of Michael Scott's screenplay? What do you say to view the Marauder's map? And what's everyone eating in the post credit scene of Avengers? Play along to TV Trivia Pod anywhere you get podcasts. And stay tuned for more trivia! Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. I see the potential for basically like another Netflix kind of paradigm shift where here comes this other major player. They have a ton of resources. Apple could change the way that entertainment is consumed. They say it's the only time this year that you'll have stars from each brand battling each other. And we know it's not going to be the case, but they like to say that and more power to them, I guess. Well, it's a big first step bringing all those superheroes together. There were definitely some parts of the movie that I that I really enjoyed. And then there were some parts that I thought just kind of fell short of expectation. Part of it has to be something to do with how it's being promoted. And this is a thing where audiences do not agree with critics. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse, every week on Apple Podcasts. And over a dozen of your favorite streaming and podcasting options. Fucking fantastic. That's right, Stan. Our Jock and Nerd fan club is fucking fantastic. Listen to the man himself as I reappropriate his sound clips for our own financial gain. Listener, if you enjoyed the show, join our fan club. Visit jockandnerd.com slash Patreon. You can support the show on a monthly or annual basis and get bonus content. You get access to a bonus RSS feed that has extra shows, bonus content, post shows, instant reactions. The shows come out early. You can hear Anthony review a bunch of 80s movies that are all up on there now. Lots of fun. You also get Discord benefits. You can join our monthly geek hangout uh, uh, just for our Patreon subscribers. The next one tentatively scheduled for June 23rd, Thursday, 8 p.m. Central Time. We just had one last week and everybody was there. Anthony, you were there and you got to meet the legend, didn't you? Yeah. Um, what's his name? Benjamin <laughs> Wesley Cranford III. Such a land legend. You can't remember Wes Cranford from Australia. He's fucking around with you. <laughs> we had both Cranfords there, Wes and Ethan, and we kept telling Wes he was a legend as Ethan rolled his eyes so hard that I think he yeah. passed out for a second. But you know, see, see, the thing is, Ethan's he's in, he's in this prime of his life. He's young. He has no idea what it's like <laughs> to be, you know, past thirty years old and approaching like you know you're in your middle age and you're still yeah can still do shit. I can only you hope know? to be in good as good shape as I am as he is. It's never yeah. gonna happen. Wes makes makes it look good. Still getting out there. Still having fun. Still has like a. Uh, a rosy attitude. I'm a big Ethan you know? Cranford fan too. That kid's great. No, no. I'm just saying, like <laughs> the perspective at that age, you don't really understand, like you know how much the life beats you down by the time you're like in your 40s. That's right, Anthony. You'll get there eventually. 
Yeah. Anthony's a legend in his own right. So he's uh <laughs> Was two legends on the Discord hangout? Like yeah. you got to sign up for that. <laughs> Legend, but Anthony was recognizing what Wesley's legendariness. So it was that was actually nice to see. AMC's game is that the same? Yeah, that's right. Is that what the kids say? Uh, there's also a you pick it tier where you can pick any movie to force us to watch and review. Lots of fun over on the Patreon. Join it today, slash patreon Okay, let's get to this week's review uh, by popular demand. We are going to be reviewing Captain America, The Winter Soldier from 2014. Here is your spoiler alert. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Prepare to be spoiled! Uh, for the first oh, time, apropos. it lines yeah. up with the, actually the movie we're reviewing. Uh, and this one, I'm going to dedicate to the, the, our entire Facebook group, all our listeners, Jock and Nerd Nation. It is a movie... People thought we had already done. People were looking for. We'll get into that in the news of the nation. But I, I think it was a good uh, choice to do it this week. It seemed like everybody had been waiting for this. So dedicated to Jock and Nerd Nation. I think the first Marvel movie we reviewed was Age of Ultron. Correct. Age of Ultron. And then we've reviewed every Marvel movie since Age of Ultron. Right. Moving forward. We were not podcasting when Winter Soldier came out in 2014. But... That's uh, that's why we're here. Uh, this is the ninth MCU movie. We got to go all the way back to Phase Two, and remember where we were in between the same year. Uh, before earlier, before this movie, Thor: The Dark World had come out, and following this movie was Guardians of the Galaxy Volume One. So uh, this is back when Marvel was giving us just two movies a year. You know, nice pace. Now it's like three or four, or I think we're getting four this year. We're getting three this year. We got four last year. We got four last year, but isn't Black Panther also coming out? So wouldn't that make it four? No, that would make it three. There's only been two, so one oh, so no. far. No Way Home was last year, calendar <laughs> yeah. year. I forgot. I thought that was this year. No. My bad. No, so now we're getting no. three. Three a year is great. Uh, the budget. Oh, on Rotten Tomatoes, this movie currently holding a solid 90% tomato meter, uh, 7.6 out of 10 average rating. The budget for this movie a hundred and seventy million dollars. It makes ninety-five million opening weekend, finishing its run domestic at two hundred and fifty-nine million total and worldwide at seven hundred and fourteen million dollars. This was the seventh highest grossing film of twenty fourteen. Uh also won an Academy Award for Best Visual Effects that year. I did hmm. not know that. I forgot about that. Uh of course the movie directed by the Russo brothers, Joe and Anthony Russo, their first MCU movie. Literally, the last thing they had done was that the TV show Community. And then they do this and go on to do, you know, Captain America Civil War, the Avengers movies, and some amazing movies. And written by Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely, who are a perfect team with the Russo brothers. They also worked on First Avenger Thor 2 with Christopher Yost and wrote Civil War. Uh, starring... Chris Evans as his third time playing Captain America, as well as you got Sam Jackson, Scarlett Johansson, Robert Redford, Sebastian Stan, Anthony Mackie, Colby Smolders, Frank Grillo Ruggs. Oh, shit. oh yeah. Remember? Emily Van Camp as Sharon Carter, Haley Atwell's in this, Toby Jones. There is a Stan Lee cameo, like we were just talking about, of course, and it's a it's a pretty good one. Um, Anthony. 
Yes. What happens? What happens in Captain America Winter Soldier? Where are we in the MCU and where does this take us? Well, I think you, you put us you kind of okay. aligned us, so, but I think uh, yeah. we are post, obviously post Avengers and Cap has been around now and he's still trying to navigate his way in the modern world. He's gone back to being a soldier for S.H.I.E.L.D., but he doesn't exactly trust S.H.I.E.L.D. He doesn't exactly always agree with their ways and you know, he... He's kind of lost in that sense, but he's found friends in Anthony Mackie's Falcon, and he's dealing with uh, a, a relationship with Black Widow, not a sexual relationship, but a, a, a different a f- relationship. Yeah. It's, friends, it's, really. He's trying to figure out if he, she's her friend, oh, and he's trying right. to figure out if Nick Fury's his friend. And yeah. in the middle of all this is basically a poison within S.H.I.E.L.D. that is taking it apart from the inside, and Cap's trying to figure out what's going on while also dealing with the fact that there's this mysterious Winter Soldier character that is someone from his past. Yeah, and it's told as a taut 70s-type thriller spy espionage movie in the vein of uh, one of those movies that are are always mentioned, uh, Three Days of the Condor, The Parallax View, I think. Uh, But in that vein, and it essentially is like, a thriller movie that just happens to have superheroes in it. Lots of twists and turns. Uh, let's just like everybody's seen this movie. You know, we've seen it multiple times. Let's just start with some of our favorite moments. Rugs, any moment that sticks out to you from this movie that you'll always I mean, remember. I, I like the opening. I like oh. that whole thing on the ship with Batrock and um, Scarlett Johansson looks amazing in this movie and she's doing really well. And um, that first uh, scene with uh, the Winter Soldier attacking, and that's just, it, it gave me Terminator vibes. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Like, it felt like impending doom. I was like, oh, shit, like, they're getting, this guy's going to fuck everyone up. And um, it was done really stylishly. I felt like it had some Cameron DNA in it. And uh, I really liked it. It had that flair that Cameron bring t- to action sequences. And that's when I knew that, like, the Russos were some, like, some new shit. Like, you don't want to fuck with them. They, they know what they're doing. And uh, I was very excited for the future of Marvel after seeing some of these scenes, uh, especially the action sequences. Um, yeah, top notch. I mean, George St. Pierre as Batroc, they take kind of a silly character from the comics, Batroc the Leaper, and make him formidable. But every action scene has this amazing tension this amazing forward movement you white knuckle the couch you the sofa you're sitting in right when you watch it your heart starts beating faster the stylish way this thing is shot from the very beginning uh is just phenomenal anthony any favorite moments where do you want to start i mean there's the movie is i so i rewatched it yesterday the movie still holds up it's still absolutely really freaking good um favorite moments i think just going back to like when we first saw it in the movie theater me and you actually waited out. Like, yeah, I think we got an early showing. We waited right. out three or four hours in line. Yeah, there was one of those there premieres. Because, yeah, yeah. So we saw it early, and it was one of those things where, you know, you're coming off Thor: The Dark World. You first off, you have to like rewind back to then. But you know, Avengers is this big success, and then yep. Iron Man three comes out, and you know, it's some people hate it, some people love it. Thor: The Dark World comes out, and 
you know, it's just an average movie. So you're like, uh, man, does Marvel really know what they're doing post Avengers? And then this movie comes out and it's just completely unexpected with, you know, the Russo brothers directing, who, you know, I've only done TV shows and you, me and Dupree, I think. Yeah. And you, you see this movie, you're like, holy shit, this is freaking awesome. Like the way they were able to nail the tone, I think is one of the, the, the best aspects of this movie is just, the tone is is perfect throughout where it's as you mentioned like kind of this spy espionage thriller but then you have hints of like terminator vibes with winter soldier and you have captain america who you know a lot of people were like man does he work like you he worked in that throwback movie because it's from the 40s and yep. like good versus evil is very defined but like can you can you throw that character in a modern time it's like a resounding yes like you can definitely have this character in a modern time and he feels like he's doing the right things but he's doing it to his like own code and it, even though like you may not even agree with him he's pretty unwavering and you have to respect the the, the viewpoint he brings to everything so like as far as favorite moments you know some of the stuff rug said i think the opening on the ship right away establishes like cap's cool like this is a fucking cool character still. Like really cool actually. You know, you're getting the born vibes and then like I think the first time Winter Soldier shows up and assassinates Nick Fury and Cap looks through the window he's like I'm on I'm I'm on his tail and he just starts running through like doors. Yeah, he runs right, yes. bashing the doors he, open. He's like you're running just like, through a shit. building literally. Yeah. That's awesome. The scene on the bridge where they have Sitwell in the car and then all of a sudden they're like, you hear a thump on the car, and yeah. all of a sudden you just see the steering wheel get ripped out of the fucking car as <laughs> yeah, it's going. Yeah, he can't steer, and he pulls Sitwell out and throws him into a truck, and just he's smushed yeah. instantly. You're like, oh, fuck. The, 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 there's uh, the scene, right? The, that whole bridge chase sequence is amazing. The, the Winter Soldier picks up a like like a, like a a grenade launcher or something along those lines, and he shoots it, and Cap hits it with a shield and gets knocked off the bridge, through a bus the bus tips oh, yeah. over and he like it's just like holy shit and like all this stuff is like i think a lot of it's filmed on screen which is really well done i mean there, there's so many scenes one more that i can think of is when cap and, and winter soldier are fighting the first time and and uh cap and winter soldier you see they they meet in the the the, show, the arm hits the shield and it's like it's like <laughs> i mean there's so many good things like they do and i can go on and on about great scenes but i think overall and we can dive into it but like this is a really fucking good movie they, this is like one of the best this is obviously one of the best marvels done and i think one of the main reasons is because they were able to nail a, like a, a specific tone and they, they do throw in the jokes but it's not like like shang chi i think could have been really great but they like it gets derailed with the jokes whereas this one they're like we know the formula with with tony is for there to be a lot of jokes but with cap it's got to be a little bit more serious, and and they nailed that. And you know the the joke lines act, they work like they stick out because they don't use them a lot, and you chuckle they're and you're subtle. like they're subtle and there's some funny scenes. They use they use at the right time. Yeah, for they're not relief. It's not overdone. Uh, some of my favorite shit, like right from the beginning, the whole on your left bit is amazing to show how fast Cap runs. The introduction to Sam Wilson, and then the callback in the Endgame, you know, becomes a very important scene. 
Nick Fury's action scene where he is attacked in the car. That's great. That's fucking great, dude. That car. And then here's the great, here's like talking about jokes. Like there's a great bit where he's like, does anything work in this car? And the car's like, air conditioning is fully operational. And you're like, let's, they threw in a joke in this crazy scene, but it totally worked. That scene is, you're like, how is he going to get out of this? There's very little things I can nitpick. I can think of like one or two things that I'm like, uh, really? I don't know about this. But it is uh, watching it again. It is almost a fucking perfect movie. You have the elevator scene oh, yeah. the, from the our right, spoiler yeah. clip that we just and the way that shot, the way he's looking around, he sees people get nervous and they're starting to sweat and they're putting their hands on their weapons and he knows exactly what's going down and then just takes everybody out. He does this is the first time you see him use his shield. I think as a throwing weapon. No, uh, no. a lot. I don't think did he yeah. do that before? Yeah. He does it. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, I think the the way they did it in this is even it's just better. more visceral. Yeah. yeah, it's so visceral the way it bounces back and he's catching it and the way he uses the shield. I even love that moment in the Batroc scene where he's like, "I thought you were more than just a shield," and he fucking drops his shield, takes his fucking helmet off. He's like, "Let's well, go." Badass right. character. They, I mean, that the, the elevator scene where he, you know, he looks around. And he's like, "Before we get started, does anyone want to get off?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I mean, so he's great. Just, he's just, he, they they <laughs> give him really awesome lines. I also think that that not only is Cap great in this, but like the nuts and bolts of the story are actually oh, yeah. pretty solid, yep, right? Yep. So you have um, you have Cap who doesn't really trust what's going on, but he's you know loyal to the cause, but he should not trust because there's a fucking whole infestation of Hydra that's like in every corner, like in the UN, in the fucking government, everywhere. You have the, this villain who is Robert Redford's character. I don't remember what his name is. Alexander Pierce. Yeah. Yeah. And he's played very well. And like you, you, in, you feel like that, um, you know, they're, they're friends and Cap trusts him kind of and whatever. So it's like, there's a lot at play here. And then you got the Winter Soldier who is like his friend from growing up and that ends up being the bad guy. So there's a lot that, there's a lot at play here, and then you got Scarlett Johansson as the Black Widow, uh, who's kind of like um, his friend, but he doesn't trust her either. Right. And then there's a, this new girl that he bumps into, which is Peggy Carter's like niece. Yep. And that's a little convenient, you know. There's a lot going on there. I like the line. Like I wrote down, this movie does a like a really good job with characters. So you have. Him and Natasha. You have him and Fury. Then you have him and Peggy. And you have him yeah. and Sam. And then you have yep. Fury and Pierce. Like they do, and every character that they introduce or build on, it's all interesting. Like the him and him and Natasha. There's a scene where they're in the car, and she's he she's like, "I can be whatever you want me to be, or whatever yeah. you want." And he's like, "How about a friend?" Like, and he's yeah. just like, "They're so like." By the end of the movie, you're like, "Oh, they are friends." But in the beginning of the movie, he's like can't trust her because she's doing her own side missions and she's untrustworthy but then you add in you throw in sam who's like perfect right like they make him he's a soldier and right away you're like oh him and cap get along because they have that shared military background and sam just wants to do good and he's literally like like he they show up they, they the book the scene where he shows up at sam's place and he's like oh yeah you know you don't have to do this you don't have to be with him. he's like i'm paraphrasing but he's like 
I've like Captain America's calling me. I need to do this. And they make Falcon a, a really cool character. You, you know, that's a lame ass character from the yeah. comics, and they make yeah. him really cool in this one. And you have you know the dichotomy between him and Nick, like Cap and Nick Fury, and then you know you forget. I, I forgot that like they don't introduce Winter Soldier as like who he is until like midway through the film. Yep, yep. So, like the first half of the film is all this just like mystery about like who shot Nick Fury, what's going on, like. What's going on with Shield? Did Nick Fury call a hit on himself? Is Nick Fury the bad guy? Is Alexander Pierce? And then you get that reveal in the bunker that oh shit, it's Hydra been Hydra's been here all along. They do a really good job of like pacing the story so that like the first half is interesting with the mystery, then the second half is like oh fuck, now this movie's not only stopping Hydra, but it's also a battle for like Cap personally to get his friend back. So there's like. It's not just yeah. this like big third act like saving the world, but it's like also very personal. No Marvel movie is free of plot holes. I mean, this one also has them, but it's just written on a on a whole different level than all the newer movies that we've seen. It's written much better because, as you mentioned, all these things are at play. All these things uh, give you a better idea of Cap and the whole and all the other characters are serviced well by this story as well. Like, so like Nick Fury. You learn a lot about Nick Fury, like you know, and and you have the kind of the inner workings of Shield and how that and how what they're up to. It's a very good character-driven film, right? Even side and, characters like Brock Rumlow, Frank Grillo, they set up Crossbones. You got Zola coming back and in a nod to his original comic book, you know, version. Yeah, uh, the. The, just the basic concept in the beginning, I find uh, it's so fascinating where he's defending his generation, his morals, and he's a guy that follows orders, takes orders, has solace in taking orders. What happened when those orders change and get shady and you did not change? You know, the great conversation in the beginning with uh, Nick Fury where he's explaining the helicarriers that they're going to neutralize threats before they happen. This is where the world is now. He's like, you look at the way the world was then. I'm looking at the way the world is now. And I remember originally when they killed Nick Fury, I was like, oh, fuck, they fucking killed Fury. Like, it it almost got you. Right. Well, they do a really good job, too, where, like, most movies, the protagonist comes to a point and he changes, right, for the better. Yeah. But the way they write Cap is... He never changes. He's yeah. He's the straight right. Like he's the he's the hurricane, and everyone's bouncing off of him. Like he's the one that's forcing everyone else to change around him because he's so unwavering in his belief of like what's right and what's wrong. So like everyone around him changes because of him. Like Scarlet changes, Nick Fury changes, Falcon changes, Winter Soldier be- oh, you know, yeah. changes. They all change because. He's just this like fucking force. He's the moral like, anchor. Yeah, he like he he drives everything, but he doesn't change, which is like an interesting way to write a protagonist character. Even like all the action scenes, what I also love about this They're movie, great. like when he takes down the Quinjet, just the way he moves and uses his shield is exactly what I pictured when you read like Captain America comics, right? Like that's exactly it's better than I was say. It's cooler yeah. than that. Yeah, yeah it is. Comics. I mean, but it's like that's exactly what would happen. Just like the first time I saw Spider Man swinging on wow. a big screen in a, in a live action, I'm like, that's what it would fucking look like. Holy shit! <laughs> Had to find a way. Related to Spider Man, of course, so bitch. always, always. Well, I mean, the action is really good. I mean, they yeah. they do the shaky can stuff, but it's not so like distracting where you're like, oh, like they're clearly hiding things here. 
There's Whereas, a lot of cuts in the fight scenes, but you can follow it. You can follow it, right? Yeah. You can definitely follow it. And I mean, there's some take like that middle fight scene where they're fighting in the street with Winter Soldier and, yeah. and Cap. I mean, a lot of that you can tell is like Chris Evans on screen. Yeah. But it, it's just like you you can tell that this was shot on a street in like DC or somewhere. Right? They're, they don't do a ton of green screen stuff. I'm sure there's there's a lot of CGI that I don't know about, but you can feel like this one's very And that's visceral. good. Yeah, yeah. Very good. No, there's definitely visual effects, but the practical there's a ton of practical effects and I think the best effects are the ones you don't see. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean the, they, they, they those chase in. scenes, you can tell those are happening. Yeah. You know, like I was just like, holy shit, they like busted up a shit ton of cars in this movie. I forgot that that happened. <laughs> I love when he sees them and he's when his mask comes off, he's just like, Bucky. And it just fucks him up. Uh, and then back to the comedy, the scene with the Apple store with that dude. And he's just like, I've been Aaron. I'll be over here. <laughs> like just little funny moments like that. Specimen. Uh, and I love uh, we have a the red haired, straight haired Scarlett Johansson, like Black Widow looks great in this movie. Her fighting style is amazing. She's badass. Well, what's cool about her is she can fight. Right. But that that like mall scene is a great bit of character because th- Cap notices that people are stalking them. He's like, there's two up there, blah, 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 engage. And she's like way like levels ahead in terms of like disarming everything. And she's like, no, we're like laugh at my joke. Kiss me on the elevator. Yeah. Like she, she's like, she's like, you, you, you realize about her character. Oh, like she's just smarter than everybody out here right now. And she's just, she's not going to get into a fight if she doesn't need to. Whereas Cap is like gung ho. Like, let's, let's get these fucking guys. I see them. No, she's 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 all spy move. No, and I like that conversation in the car you talked about. I love that because he here's a guy who who knew who he was. He is a center, but he's kind of lost. And here is another a woman who will be whatever you want her to be. You don't really know who she is. She doesn't really know because she's played uh, whatever people want her whole life, and that's how she's gotten there. Just that that dichotomy is amazing. Well, even like. The little bits in the beginning, right? So he's catching up on life, and you, you do the scene with him and, and old Peggy, which is like heartbreaking because oh, oh, she has yeah. she has Alzheimer's. Yeah, and he's missed this entire life with her, and then he sees Sam after, and Sam says something along the lines of, "You know, I think I, I wrote it down. What makes you happy?" To Steve, yeah, and Steve, he goes and like at this point, he he's his the girl that he was always going for has Alzheimer's, doesn't like isn't going to remember everything and yeah. he has no he he's lost in the military like he doesn't have really anyone he's serving and he says i don't know and it cuts and it's like oh like this movie is about like steve trying to figure out what what captain america means in this world or what a good soldier is in this world right. you know do you just blindly follow orders his whole world gets turned upside down uh, and then the yeah the last the you know there's a little bit of a ticking clock element at the end which is fine yeah. it actually works where they're changing yeah, the doomsday clock yeah, or whatever they, well they have to change the controller chips before they sync up the satellites blah 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 well but it works because you have that so you have the ticking clock but then again you have him also having to fight the guy that he doesn't want to want fight to yeah and he's try he's trying to get him to remember he's like I'm not gonna fight you and then. That's a great moment where he falls into the water, and then later you see him being pulled out of the water by Bucky as Bucky has kind of started to remember. Well, uh, that, then, that scene right before where he's getting beaten, his face beaten in. Oh, he's yeah. Like, he's just getting pummeled. And, and he's like, 
I'll be with you to the end of the line. Yeah, he he's says like, the line. Well, he goes like, then finish it because I'll yeah. be with you till the end of the line. Yeah. The only, actually, to me, the only drawback about this movie is the last movie because the last movie doesn't do a good enough job of establishing the relationship between Bucky and and Cap, where you're like, oh, I really want Bucky to be redeemed here. In, in Civil War, you mean? No, the last movie, Amer- First Avenger. Oh, the, yeah. oh, the last, the first movie. Because okay. half of that movie, Bucky is sidelined yeah. in jail yeah. or like in uh, a POW or gets killed. Yeah. So you don't really, like other than a few scenes, you don't get a, like, a good feel for like who Bucky is and why he's so important to Cap. Like they do... That's why they had to throw in that, the that flashback flashback scene, yeah, right? Yeah, where he's yeah. like, I'm with you to the end of like they had to throw in a line that he had said previously in the previous movie, but actually he had never said in the movie yeah. so that they can build on that later at the end with the end of the line. And then you think about his journey and like we just saw him in Falcon Winter Soldier and Sam, like w- how they've changed and now he's Captain America. Like that's fun to see uh, the, the journey of this character. Well, it's just it's like Sam's character just like you get more of like why cap is awesome because Sam's just like, I'm doing what he's doing. Yeah. Like, like Nick Fury is like, like, what do you think about shield? And he's like, don't look at me. I do what he does. And then like later on, he's like, Sam's running with like, how are we going to know the good guys from the bad? If they're bad, they're shooting at us. Yeah. Like, all right. All right. All right. <laughs> like he just was like, Sam's reverence for Steve makes you go, Oh man, like Steve, Steve is a fucking legend right now. It's inspiring. Right. Yeah. He's walking around. Nobody recognizes him when he's walking around in just a hat. <laughs> <laughs> the only other problem I had was like when I watched the scene where he hides the USB in the vending machine. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute. Wait, yeah, how, the, dumb, how yeah. the fuck did he get, get it in there? And <laughs> what if somebody fucking bought three candy bars? You have shit out of luck. That's like, what, right that's after what you Black left. Widow does. She does. She luckily they, she, she goes right they cut to her and she's yeah. blowing a piece of bubble gum. Yeah, she she she. But somebody else could have beat her to it. What are you doing? Right. Uh, and but that was really about it. I think that I was like, uh, maybe the the fury faking his death with the stops his heart. I mean, he was laying there for a while. Yeah, I mean that yeah. you know you can you can definitely poke holes at that. Right. It's but it, for but a comic it. book movie, it's yeah. it's it's nearly perfect. Yeah, I mean, it does a lot, but the thing that – the weirdest thing about this movie is that the movie that they make after it with Civil War, yeah, this character – like, this character in this movie learns that Hydra has infected everything, and you can't trust the government, and then the next movie's like, oh, we got to fucking – do what the Sokovia courts say. <laughs> we gotta, we gotta, but this fucking corrupt government can tell me to do whatever they want, I guess. No, no, Just, that's uh, the cap is not against, is he, against that. Yeah, I thought he was on the other side. Iron Man is for that. Yeah, Iron Man is well, for Well, that's why it, he's yeah. on the run and right. uh, everything falls apart. And, you know, this is when like, Black Widow goes on the run too, right? After this. Uh, they don't go on the run. It, this is when they reveal S.H.I.E.L.D., but then the next movie is Avengers Age of Ultron where they're all together. Oh, speaking of which, we got the two post-credit scenes. You have the first appearance of uh, Elizabeth Olsen as Wanda yeah. and Pietro. It's kind of timely after we've reviewed right? uh, some Multiverse of Madness. As uh, miracles that uh, the von, was that von Struck von calls Strucker, him yeah. at the end, and he's got the Loki scepter. And then the little end scene where you see Bucky at the Captain America Museum. Even though the museum scenes, like it's fascinating that the, how they position the world to think about Captain America and the history and the Holly Commandos. And he has to now operate in this and he's there. And the only, the one little kid notices that's him. 
uh, but he's seeing his whole history. He can go I mean, back. The way, the way that they did it in the first Avenger, it would seem like it would have some impact. I mean, the yeah. dude was he was going all over the country, you know, selling war bonds, and then he actually went into the war. That would have been a big story. You know, that would have been huge. Yeah, and he, and he saved New York and from getting bombed. Yeah, and he sacrificed himself. So right. I mean, if that doesn't make the news. <laughs> that doesn't make a museum. I don't know what's supposed to. Yeah, I agree with that. There's also like a like the music is really good. I think oh, the score. Yes. I don't know who does the score for this, but it's 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 really fucking good. They, they they do a good job of blending like the patriotism with the thriller, and then the like again the Terminator vibes. Like yeah, there's like industrial music every time Winter Soldier shows up. There's like a metallic kind of sound to represent him. It's really well done. Yeah, and, and I think it adds to. I mentioned the tone, but just like the, the overall, um, there's like just an edge to this movie that yeah. isn't really prevalent in a lot of Marvel films. Where it's just like, oh, the punches hurt, people can die, and we don't know what the fuck's going on. Like, I wrote down. It this, feels more serious. Yeah, just absolutely. In there, general, there's a scene where, and I'm like, holy shit, this was in a Marvel film where. Pierce is in his his house and he's talking to the Winter Soldier. Yeah. And, oh and, yes. And the poor the, Renata. Yeah, the cleaning lady. Yes. Forgot her phone, so she comes back in and he's like, oh, oh, "I wish you would have knocked." And they Renata. like silently cut to like another space where he's just shooting the fucking yeah. The, the, uh, Pierce is shooting the, the 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 innocent cleaning lady because she walked in on them with like gun like three shots and she just see her fall over. And you're like, holy fuck. Like there's a mean streak to this movie that I didn't realize was here, um, or I forgot that was here. It just adds to this edge of like, oh, like this movie's a little bit more serious than these other ones. So that uh, that's a good uh, segue to. I found this article from FilmInquiry.com, and it, the title is "The MCU is Best When It Isn't Making Superhero Movies." It cites how you know in the MCU every movie is either like it's an origin story or it's a MacGuffin hunt slash chase kind of thing, right? But then it cites movies like this one, uh, Winter Soldier and Doctor Strange, how their first thrillers or it's a horror movie or it's a paranoia thriller it just happens to have uh superheroes marvel heroes so and even thor ragnarok which is like a comedy first and a superhero movie second is i mean i would like to see i thought this was going to be their game plan was they're going to make superhero movies that aren't quote-unquote superhero movies their other genres just happen to have superhero movies they've done that here and there and nailed it but uh, there's a lot of origin movies. So are they best when they're trying to do something like this instead of a straight-up superhero movie? I think that the fact that they're trying to do this, like, spy, uh, kind of a spy thriller, you know, intrigue film versus a MacGuffin chaser, you know, like, with... It's about stuff that's that's close to home, you know? Like, we, we do have a mistrust of the government. We do know that there's potentially people happening right now, hacking into us and feeding disinformation. This, all this type of stuff is happening. Um, and it's, that's why it's even more poignant to watch it now and relate a lot of this stuff. So yeah, they're not making a superhero movie. They're making a movie that we can relate to on so many other levels than other than it being just a, you know, a good versus evil thing. 
So I th- I think yes, it does make it a better film when they when they do make it more than just a superhero film. I would add that origin films in and of itself are inherently bogged down because you have to establish who this guy is and all that, and you can't really dive into the story until you establish, you know, how he got his powers, blah blah blah, how she or she got their powers. So I think origin stories are inherently a little bit more superhero y yeah. than other stories. But I think it still comes down to like good directors, good writers, and a well-made movie because you could point to Spider-Man Far From Home and I, and like looking back on that, that's just like a a, a a field trip movie with high schoolers and that's not that great. Right. So it, it, it's not really like yeah. there's a, a specific code to like if they don't make us, if it's a sequel, then it's going to be good because it's not an origin story. I think it just comes down to like good writing, good directing, and having a... <laughs> an intriguing plot and, and good acting. And I think it just comes down to classic movie making rather than superhero or superhero movie bad. But if they make a genre film with superhero characters, it's now that's going to be good. Like, I don't I think, think that that the that point is, is that, that there's a trope, there's tropes everywhere and superhero movies have all of their tropes. And if you try and do something a little bit different and you kind of deviate from, you know, the, the formula, you might get something interesting. Yeah, I agree. I'd say multiverse of madness. Like you have a lot of people that really like that. Yeah. But then you had a lot of people be like, I didn't walk in for a horror film. What I are we know. doing here? Yeah. 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 But so horror you, you can't people win, love right? It. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. a delicate balance. It's very delicate. That was always the problem with the origin movies for me was like, cause I knew the origin. I was like, great, this is done. I can't wait for the second movie when you could just jump in. See, I, I, I am on the other side of the fence. I love origin films. I just don't like that they redo them all the time. Yeah. Yeah. That is, I, and, that I, is and I hate when they make them. This is what happens to me. I think that they rush the origin to get to the action part of the movie, but sometimes the metamorphosis of the character because of whatever catalyst that changes them is interesting to me, mm. but they never really explore it. They just kind of like, it's a formality we have to get right. to. So it we can always get to feels this like thing. a formality. So yeah, the origin is not a bad thing. I think the origin is a great thing. I mean, just think about every origin that we've seen, like uh, a kid who comes from another planet has to freaking realize, find out that he's an alien. And then, goes and talks to a hologram of his dad that tells him the whole history of his life. I think that's like interesting yeah, shit. Yeah. Classic. Like it's so interesting. It's so, and it, 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 there's no MacGuffin there. Right. It's just like, all right, there's, you're finding out about this person's like now interesting situation that in and of itself is a story. But what they do is they just kind of like, all right, we're going to get this over in like half hour. Let's go. through it, And then all of a sudden, um, you know, we're going to have a big fight scene in this big CGI bullshit that's going to happen. But when, what they've done here, when this came out, I was like, this is what I always kind of envisioned a superhero franchise to look like, that it's not a superhero movie. It is a genre movie, and they just happen to have powers, and this is always what I wanted Marvel to do, and they nail it in a few. I wish they would do more attempts at something like this, it easily still holds up. Well, you well you think about it, like you have a very cheesy character, like just like Superman's very cheesy. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's like this big boy scout. And to make Cap cool and palatable, and not only that, but like have figure out how to shoot the action and make Cap like 
unique in his own way and different than Spider-Man, different than the all like he's got his own signature way of moving. He's got his own signature signature like weapon that he uses and and all that stuff. Um, it it was completely realized in this film, like to the best they've tried. They tried it in the movie before. They did it in Avengers, but here is where they like they locked it down. Yep. yep. So it's it it succeeds because it it was everything's done so well. It's just done with so much care. So um, it does it does come through. It does come through. I agree. I completely agree. Henry Jackman was the oh music. yes music by uh, Henry Jackman who I don't know what else he's done he's very, this very good score uh, and then just seeing Sharon Carter from where she started to now she's the fucking power broker I guess that's <laughs> kind of crazy <laughs> yeah the evolution of these characters from here is is fun to look at uh, it's uh yeah I mean the whole m- movie the, the again the action the style the way it's shot the way it's directed it's so tense it's just just perfect I don't know yeah, yeah. it's really good should we rate it do we do it yeah do we rate it I mean yeah, you know absolutely. this is obviously famously comes up as number one on a lot of people's favorite MC movies Anthony rate this movie give it a number what would you what what would you give it where would you put it after watching it again, I, I have to give it a nine and a half. Oh, I think shit. the only drawback is what I mentioned earlier with Winter Soldier, where they just didn't build that character up enough in the previous movie to make me go, "Oh, like this is all like he's this is this is how I, why I understand why I understand him and Cap's relationship." Yeah, nine and a half, and I I look at my, looking at my rankings, I had it I have it third overall with oh. MCU, and the two movies I have ahead of it aren't actually better films. It's just I, I like they were more stand up and joy moments, which is Endgame, Endgame and the original Avengers is what I have. Oh, heard. the first Avengers, man! All right, Rugs, what would you do? Where would you give it? I'm gonna put this as the top of my list. Oh, okay, uh, Iron Man's close second to me, um, but and then you got Endgame and then you got the uh, Avengers. Yeah, I just think that it perfects so many things that they were working on with cap and it's good to see that they nailed something and um, and they really nailed it. Like they really nailed like every aspect of how to make this movie Uh, just like kind of like Spider-Man Two nailed Spider-Man like as best as it's been done thus far, like this nails Captain America, the best that it's done like at this point, easily the best Captain America movie. Yes. And the characters and and his place in the world and all of that stuff is just done so well. The action is, they nailed that the script being like somewhat respectably written. uh, And like that, the characters all have moments. So I think it's probably the best, like uh, a pound for pound Marvel movie that they made as far as like all that. Um, I'm going to give it a nine. It's de- some on some days I think it's a ten. Yeah, but like I never, yeah. I never want to give a movie a perfect score. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it a solid nine. Uh, like I, I could, I could stand behind it. Like in the, you know, I know it's gonna always gonna be highly regarded as a film. Yeah, so. watching it again was a joy, and uh, it's still just thrilling. I'm gonna give it a nine too, and I think I'll put it. Fuck, I'm torn with number one or two i think i will give it two and i think i want to put avengers endgame at one just because they closed 
It was a, a closing of 22 movies. And I didn't think that was possible, but they managed to hit all 22 movies that came before, which is crazy. And the theater experience was amazing. Uh, so I put this second, but I can easily see why people put it number one. It's a damn near perfect fucking movie all around outside of just being, you know, a Captain America superhero movie. Right. Uh, so good stuff. Let's find out what uh, the nation thought about this movie. It's time for news from the nation. It's time for news from the nation. It stinks. It stinks. It stinks. So, like I said, people were excited when I posted that we're reviewing this movie. Leave your thoughts and comments. We got a couple of thoughts. Most of the comment was, it's about time. That's what John Bellotti Jr. commented. About time. Joe Henry says, one of my top Marvel films classic. What is everyone's thoughts on the fight choreography? Uh, some of the best fight choreography you're going to see in any of these movies. It's pretty fucking solid. I don't know. Yeah, have we, that's really good. Have we seen anything better since then? Maybe Nothing, in- nothing that, I mean... Nothing that visceral. I would yeah. say the the fight choreography in Shang Chi is is pretty good. Yeah, um, but then they get away from it. I think that they edit it pretty well too. Even though they do do a lot of cuts, yeah. And this one, yeah, team, you see, you can follow it, everything. It's very easy to follow. Whereas sometimes when you have like a Michael Bay like shaky cam going on, like you can't tell what the fuck is going on at all. So I, I think um, th- they were a little bit more. They were a little more in control of their shots here and, and how it how it read. I mean, that elevator scene, right? Enclosed space, glass windows. Yeah, but and you have the whole little bit with the collar that's magnetic that he's got to break away and he's getting tased. And sometimes it cuts from the outside. You could follow every movement, every action that happens in this fucking elevator. No problem. And that's that's not easy to do and make it look good. Yeah, uh, but absolutely. yeah, it's top notch. Jimmy Graben, Jimmy the Greek Graben checking in. He says, man, this is awesome. You guys could do an MCU retrospect and review all films prior to the podcast starting. Just an idea from a charter fan club member. <laughs> I, you know, he makes a good point. That's why people were going back in the feed and they, they were like, I swear you guys reviewed this. And I was like, no, 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 no. We weren't podcasting when this came out. It's the only reason we didn't. Uh, do some of these movies I think do deserve going back and uh, a proper review like your Avengers and and Iron, the first Iron Man right before pre twenty fifteen before we die we'll do that at some point yes at some point it'll happen Jimmy oh my God <laughs> Blake Braden <laughs> says finally Daryl K said wait this got missed when it came out I didn't know that uh, Wes Cranford the legend Anthony had uh, the my most boy. the most to say your boy says this is hands down my favorite Marvel film. I also think it's a quality standalone film as well. Ironic that Captain America was the main character I always read from Marvel. I feel the same about him as you do, Imran, about Spider-Man. I was actually very apprehensive when they announced doing Cap as a standalone movie. I did not see how they could pull this off, pull off its righteousness in the current global feelings towards the U.S., but was pleasantly surprised with the first movie and blown away with how they treated his disillusion with America in his comic arc of the 70s. And yeah, he says Chris Evans is Cap. Uh, do we think he will ever come? B- they'll bring this back, or is it is Sam now Captain America? Will we ever see Chris Evans back in the Captain America outfit? Is there a possibility, a world 
I mean, anything's possible. But where this could happen. I wouldn't be mad at it also. Yeah, I wouldn't be mad. Uh, I wouldn't mind, but it's nice to see that he... America's ass. So the other great thing were the, the lines where he's with old Peggy. She says, you can't go back and live your life over again and write something to that effect. And then you think about the fact... And he goes, you still owe me a dance. And you think about the fact that he does indeed go back, gets the dance, and live his life over again with her. Yeah, that's what right? I meant when when, I, when when say, I said earlier, Sam goes, what makes you happy? Or what do you, what, and he goes, I don't know. And he, this, like, this whole run, he's been doing things for everyone else. And then he finally gets it at the end where he can live with her. So yeah, it's, it's great arc. It's a great arc. Do you think this is the best, uh, black widow appearance in any movie? Uh, I'd say this or Avengers. This made me like her more than in, in the Iron Man film. Oh, for sure. The Iron Man film's not a great portrayal. The it, Avengers in this one really rehabbed her. Yeah. 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 And they showed her like her ingenuity and how she's just, she's not just a, She's not just the like femme fatale, like super like stronger and and like no emotion better than everybody. It's like oh, she's smart, has feelings, has vulnerabilities, and is just kick ass as well. I mean, I love that whole bit with the where she's in disguise as the console woman at the end. Like, I remember that being a fucking. I was like, oh shit, I can't believe that. Oh, was a, like that was a great twist. You didn't see that coming. Uh, and the crazy technology. And then the fact that Robert Redford was in like three days of the condor, the fact that they got him who was originally in the movies that they are inspired by was just a nice touch. And he's very good in this good stuff. Okay. Justin's Werner posted uh umbrella Academy season three trailer. He says, this looks fun. Anybody get a chance to watch this? I did. I did as well. Oh, what'd you guys think? It, I'm actually, I'm pretty geek, boner. pretty geek to see this come back. Uh, I, yes. I, it's going to come out June 22nd. Rugs, what do you think? Are you excited? What'd you we like? The Sparrows. The Sparrow yeah. Academy. They fucked with time so much. Remember in the last one, they come back. Yeah. Everything's different. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, they're like fighting each uh, versions of themselves, versions that are uh, been they've been replaced by other kids. Like, I think the whole uh, show is built on the fact that there's a bunch of kids that were born weird. Right, and then yeah. this one guy goes and collects them all, and you know, rate like kind of like uh, Charles Xavier, and raises them in a home to like save the world. But uh, in this version, they fuck with time and and everything. That when they pop back into a universe, they are not the kids that were selected. The other kids were selected, and these these are the sparrows. So it's kind of like an interesting thing for them to be dealing with. It, it, it's uh, and you do see that there's a, a post credit of the monkey. Oh, Pogo is back and he's wearing like a That's biker right. leather jacket, like a Sons of Anarchy jacket or something. Yeah. Give him tattoos. I was I was glad because I love Pogo. They fucking killed him in that last season. I love the line where is it number five? Who's the cool one? Is that six, seven? What's his number? I, I don't know. I think it's, it's five. the little kid. Yeah, the little kid. He's like, look, there's gays growing now. Yeah. He's like, there's other versions of us here. If you run into them and they go kill them, sleep with them. He goes, no, avoid them. What is the matter with you people? <laughs> oh, yeah. The, the um, fuck, I forget their names. But yeah, one of one of the, the, the guy that's you can see dead people. Oh, yeah. And he's, ben, the one that's, yeah. he's the one that suggests that to sleep with them. Yeah, you had Aiden Gallagher's number five, Luther. Uh, There's a lot of uh. So here are the characters: Klaus, Vanya. That's right. Klaus is the guy. Luther, who's been. Diego, yeah. uh, Allison Hargraves, uh, Klaus, and then five. 
I love number five. I also love Klaus. Those are some of my favorite characters. I love Zeppo and Bippy. Was that Mary J. Blige? Remember Cha Cha and Hazel? <laughs> I don't know. I know. Zeppo and Bippy. Uh, that that's a Mark, Groucho Marx Brothers. Those are Marx Brothers. Yeah, sure. Anyways, Whatever. June twenty second looks fun. So much to watch coming up in the next few weeks, months. Uh, strap in. Speaking of, what watching, do you guys think of? Uh, I think I thought I saw rumors that people were like fan casting Tom Hooper, who's who's uh, Luther. Luther the big guy. as either the thing oh. or Mister Fantastic. Oh, he's he's like as big as like Alan Richson kind of. I think Alan Richson's a little bit bigger, but Maybe he thing. he reminds me. I could see him as the thing in Fantastic Four. Absolutely, that would work. Yeah, I, I liked the I liked Umbrella Academy. I have to catch up on what happened in season two, but I definitely remember liking season two way more than season one. So definitely we'll check this out. There'll be recap little videos you could watch. Speaking of watching, Anthony, what else you been watching? I've been. I haven't been watching much, but I did continue the 80s tour Ooh. last night. Oh, where are we at? And I checked out The Running Man from oh, 1987. Shit. Oh, by, wow. From, with Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's and, like a Black uh, Mirror episode from the fucking 80s. With a lot of one-liners. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that, that's got one-liners out, coming out the asshole. That's one yeah, I got to watch again. That's a fun one. That's a, That one might make the tournament. We'll see the eventual tournament whenever we decide to do this. But yeah, it's a fun one. Uh, it's just a vehicle for Arnold to spit out one-liners, kill people, <laughs> and do like a dystopian American Gladiator yeah. type thing. Yeah, the game TV right. show. Like it reminded me a lot of, um, like, like Escape from New York and RoboCop yeah. and Terminator in yeah. terms of like dystopian future. Yeah, but like way more campy. Yeah, it's it, cheesy. And like, I feel like Demolition Man watched this and was like, oh, we're kind of going to do this, but with Stallone. And yeah. like, instead of everyone being real fucked up, everyone's going to be really like, 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 uh, Alter Boy clean. Yeah, the other way around. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's a fun movie. It's, I mean, it definitely can't be as shit. There's a little, you have a freaking, one of the villains is like a, this, this like gigantic overweight guy that wears like these like Christmas tree lights all over him and sings oh, opera yeah. bef- while trying to electrocute people. <laughs> It's fucking. It's a. It's a wild fucking movie. Yeah, no, that's a classic Arnold eighties fucking movie, right? It there. Is. What's, your favorite, it was a what's your favorite line from it? Oh, I wrote this down. Let me. Let me. You got mine is Sub Zero Plane Zero. <laughs> that's a great one. I, let me see. I wrote it down. Um, at the end, he uh, the the bad guy that like the the TV host. He like sends him into the the pit, and he like. Goes so fast that he hits the billboard and goes, well, that hit the spot. <laughs> I mean, Richard Dawson, fucking yeah. from the, who was an actual, was an actual TV f- host. Family Feud. Family yeah. Feud. the villain. Yeah. And then you got Jesse that, Ventura and Dweezil Jesse Zappa. Well, it's Mick Fleetwood. What? It's a fucking. Jim cra- Brown is in it. Crazy Jim Brown. Crazy cats. Yafet Koto. I love the Yafet Koto. Yafet Koto. Yeah. yeah. He's in it. Completely miscast. But yeah, Yafet Koto's in it. <laughs> the, uh, the, oh, the other fun one is he takes a chainsaw to one of the guys and, and literally chainsaws him in the nuts. And then they're like, what happened to that guy? He goes, he had to split. <laughs> <laughs> is this Is this the movie where he says. Uh, help you have enough room for my fist because I'm going to ram it into your stomach and rip yep. out your spine. Yep, yep, yep. that's my fucking. He says it to the, says it to the, 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 the TV host. Yeah, Richard Dawson. Oh, it's so it's it's. I mean, it's bad, but it's good. I forgot it was uh, based <laughs> off a Stephen King novel. I totally forgot. Oh yeah, that. yeah, they completely yeah. butcher that fucking yeah. novel. Oh, yeah. 
It's got a great it's line up there in with it. Commando. It's got a lot of memorable it, it lines. Literally, like I watched it, I'm like, this is Commando with just Arnold yeah. wearing yellow spandex. Yeah, the whole time. <laughs> What's going on? Good stuff. You're gonna do a uh, Patreon thing for that one. Yeah, I'll do it. All right, see, sign up. I for might the... either I might do a solo or I might just do it like I did last time, where I ring up a oh, few a bunch and do of them. them. All yeah, that's yeah. fun. Uh, Rugs, you've been watching anything fun? Yeah, I watched the Halo season finale. You did. What did you think of that whole season? That mother is fucking crazy. That's all I can uh, tell. Halsey? Yes. Yeah, she's a fucking crazy biatch. Good, a good one of those uh, villains that's not quite a villain, right. but is a villain. Right. Um, crazy cliffhanger ending. I kind of enjoyed. They went on the they went on the uh, the Covenant planet. Yeah. And they fucking had this crazy action sequence. Yeah, that CG on the planet. I don't know. Looked a little those creatures, but it looked like the video game a little bit too. Yeah, you know, it looks it's an alien planet, dodgy, yeah. but like still, uh, you could suspend disbelief if you want to. That last finale, the shit that happens with him and Cortana is crazy. And I was like, yeah. oh, I need to find out what happened. Overall, I really, I dug the season. I thought it was a really good season of like sci- sci-fi I, television. I thought it was pretty good too. Not the greatest thing I've ever seen, but I was definitely like, hey, I, I'm definitely going to watch the whole thing. I wasn't I like, disappointed. No. Yeah. I'll, I'll make one comment. Apparently it was good enough where the ringer, you guys are from Bill Simmons, yeah, yeah. was like, for the Ringerverse podcast, they added another like show to it. Oh, and they're it doing a Halo show. And they, yeah, they copy, they like are recapping Halo. Oh, Halo. I could talk about Halo. There's a lot of good things to talk about in there. Yeah. It's an interesting show. Yeah. It, it's, it's not your, like, there's so many like, uh, sci-fi shows that you've seen one, you've seen them all like Halo. It's like a little different. So it, it's got a little bit of extra stuff in there. So yeah, so. It's a good yeah. video game adaptation. You don't say, but it doesn't I, follow I the video I, I, game I story. Can't, I can't say that yeah. because yeah, it's doing its own thing. It's just using like it's just using Halo as like a IP basically. Does that, uh, does really. that count as a you know full adaptation of video game? I don't know. It's a, like what he said. He's just using all like, these. Characters. I don't even know if the Halo is in this movie what it is in the game. I think it's two different things. They gave it a whole different meaning. So yeah, mm. yeah. So. Is that how you do a video game adaptation? Like, don't worry about the story. Make your own story. Go your own yeah, way. I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. This girl that they have in there that was the was captured and became their priestess. There's a whole like, there's a whole like um, preordained like person type thing in this as well. Also, I said, a it, lot I of said that. it last <laughs> week. Spoiler alert. He gets laid. That never happened in the game. Yeah, so he, that's. I think he lost his virginity he, he does, on the show. Bang someone, right? That's it's him losing his virginity. Yeah. Like, do I guess that they're so neutered that they can't even? They don't even have those sexual feelings. I did I love uh, the other Spartan Kai, who's like dyes her hair red a little bit. Her character had a great arc and was very instrumental. And then the way he gets all the Spartans back on his side was great. That's a fucking cheering moment. So. Decent show. Yeah, there's definitely, yeah. there's, it's definitely better than I thought it was going to be after that first ep- uh, first episode was like, whoa, oh my God. I'm like, what the fuck is this show? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then yeah. it grew on yeah, me. Yeah. So, What else have you been watching? Expect- Anything else fun? I uh, the, the most notable thing that I've seen is the George Carlin American Dream. I want to watch this. I haven't watched you this. You haven't seen it's it a yet? Two part, it, it's only a two-part documentary It's fucking special. long. It was done by Judd Apatow and... um. They got some, they got Bill Burr in there. They got a bunch of other comedians like commenting, but it just takes you through George Carlin's entire career. 
uh, warts and all. Like his daughter said, do not try and glorify him. Show him for everything that he was. And she even like was like, yeah, he was a uh, he had a really bad coke problem, mm. and he was like constantly on the road, and um, yeah, he was just really really like obsessed with kind of doing his art, and um, his whole entire it, you learn about it that he grew up in um in New York City, um, kind of like near Harlem and the Upper West Side. And he kind of just like, like was always this guy that hated authority. Uh, He came from like a family where his dad was like this monster. And um, he was very young, but he didn't to get uh, the brunt of it. Like his older brother got his ass kicked by this guy was like fucked up forever. So um, he kind of like hated authority and he, and but what he did was like it was weird. He went and he he was the most clean, like laced up comic that there ever was. And then all of a sudden, like he he couldn't do it anymore. He's like, I have to fucking be myself. Yeah. I have to fucking I can't just be what people want me to be. I have to just be myself. And he just started going on stage and cursing and getting in trouble. And then he found you know he did the whole bit of the seven words you can't say on oh, TV. It's a classic, classic. Yeah. I mean, talk about a guy who said whatever the fuck he wanted and meant it unapologetically, fearlessly, still all time, one of the greatest stand-up but comedians. The toolkit that he has, very few comedians have. So number one, he's a good joke writer. Yep. He's a he does impressions of people, physical comedy, his faces that he makes. But then on top of all of that, like comedic timing and jokiness and blah blah blah. He starts to like become like a conduit for rationality. Right. And he starts to become a conduit for truth. And not only truth, but a nihilistic kind of truth, like where he is like tearing away at any kind of like structure or or whatever and just paring things down. And now one of the things that Judd Apatow like uh, focused on is that on Twitter or on social media, people are constantly retweeting his bits and from both sides yeah. so a liberal will take yeah. it and use it yeah. for their argument and because he wasn't on any side he was on the side of this is all bullshit yeah. you guys are fucking got your heads up your ass yeah. and uh i always for me i was always a kindred spirit to that i was always like like i don't believe in a lot of this institutional shit i just know that sometimes you just gotta do shit to make to, you know, to not to make waves and to like, you know, do no harm. But at the end of the day, a lot of the stuff that we know of is a huge waste of fucking time and stupid. And uh, people base their whole entire lives around really just stupid, meaningless shit. <laughs> you know how though now the thing is to go, okay, boomer, right? Fucking Carlin was shitting on baby boomers fucking years ago. Like right. the first guy to do it. And his rant is hilarious and makes a lot of sense also. Right. It's true. And just the how you know he is so well rehearsed. All of his stand up comes so off the cuff, but he has written and carefully selected every word, every phrase, every mannerism and rehearsed and performs it like it's the first time he says this shit every time. That's how right. good, that's how good he is. Yeah. Uh so you get you get that it's a good it's a good character study. Uh it's a little longer than it needed to be, but 
Hey, I was I was there for. It. I love Carlin. I love like Carlin. Carlin's- I'm gonna check it out on HBO yeah. Max. I I watched the first half of Love, Death, and Robots season three. Uh, I think I watched like the first five episodes. There's four left. It's it's very violent, uh, but it's very good. Also, it's like a, a lot of crazy monsters and fun robot robot stuff. Uh, I'm gonna finish that. I'm trying to get through season two of Undone on Amazon. Remember that show, Rugs? You're trying to? Well, I'm working my way through it. There's a lot of episodes. <laughs> I haven't finished yet, but I have time. But it's that rotoscope show with Bob Odenkirk. Is it good? It's the you know the story is it's it's very good. It's not bad. Like the road. I watched the first one. I liked it. It's trippy it, and uh, it's easy. Yeah. It's an easy watch. It is an yeah. easy watch. It continues their story and like there's a, every episode has like a crazy twist at the end where you're like, oh shit, I gotta watch the next one. So. So many things I need there to watch. Is. And here, there's even more, guys. Out this week, uh, just to make sure everyone's on the same page, Friday, May 27th, Disney Plus will release the first two episodes of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, also this week is Star Wars Celebration, May 26th to 29th. So next week, we'll do a Star Wars show, cover that news, review, give you our thoughts on the first two episodes of Obi-Wan. Are they an hour each or how long? I think they? they're probably going to be like 40, 50 minutes each, kind of like okay. the, your Boba Fett and your Mandalorian was. I gotta write, I'm, not I'm writing sure. this in my calendar as we Put speak. Put it down. Friday, May 27th. I would May not watch this show otherwise. Friday, May 27th. The other thing releasing on the same day over at Netflix, Stranger Things Season 4, Volume 1. Uh, and so here, this is crazy. So Netflix is really trying some different things with their release schedule, with their episode lengths. Volume one will have the first seven episodes. Okay. The first six, about an hour as normal. Episode seven is over an hour and a half long. Whoa. Two months later <laughs> in July, Whoa. volume two will have episodes eight and nine. Episode eight is another hour and 25 minutes. The finale episode nine, according to Netflix, will be two and a half hours long. Whoa. Oh, shit. This wow. is. Wow. Why would. I guess they're doing it. They, they don't want to do it episodic. They want to do a, a more cinematic. See, they're Ooh. breaking what is. I think they want to keep the conversation going, obviously, by splitting it up. But now they're breaking the episodic format. And like, is it TV? Is it a movie? What is it? Does it even matter? Is it? I'm afraid it might be too much. This season will be five hours longer than all of the previous seasons. So imagine a wow. whole season and how some are filler. Sometimes they spin their wheels five hours more than, but from early reviews and reactions, I've heard that the horror is very good. They're getting back to what was good about the show. You can actually, I watched the first eight minutes they put out on YouTube and I had, it was a great horror kind of opening uh, with a young 11. So I don't know the this format is weird. Uh, but there's going to be a lot of speculation between volumes one and two, and they're going to try to keep the conversation going. We'll see if it's good. It looks, it sounds like from the reviewers, it's going to be good Stranger Things. It's crazy how like, long we have to wait, and then I don't remember what the fucking last thing that we Oh, watched. there's a bunch of recap. The The cast has done like season recap videos that you can watch that are a few minutes, and they'll they'll catch you up. All these shows, they do a good job in the beginning. You know, they'll do a little recap, a few minute recap video, so. I've never I wonder worried. If, they, if they realize that they that there's nobody remembers what the fuck happened. I, they must because I don't remember having any of these shows. And these kids uh, look like they're wearing kids' clothing. They're so tall and they've grown up, and they're still yeah. wearing like small. They look like they're wearing children's clo- adults wearing children's clothing. Yeah, like Millie Bobby Brown was like nine when they started. Yeah. It, yeah. So now she's nineteen. Yeah. 
Uh, but I'm excited for all this shit. It's going to be a lot to watch. Try and keep up. Uh, all right, Rugs, where can the listener find you online? We're done. You can find me online at Really Rugboy on Twitter. Come follow me. Follow, follow, follow. That link is in the show notes for this episode on our website in the show description. Check it out for everything we talked about, how to support, how to get in touch with us. Love to hear from you. And most importantly, share the show with your geek friends and relatives. Thank you for listening to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the Jock. He's a nerd. We'll peep you next time. And this is Stanley. I want your head Signing up when I throw my fist in the air. This is Stanley. Hey, Celsius. Fucking nerd. <laughs>